I am so excited to be sharing my new book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, out December 27th with you guys. I have worked so hard for the last two and a half years of writing this book. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears to help you harness the skill of being bold. I want you to chase what you want in life, not just take what you can get. And I want you to eliminate self-doubt. I want you to eliminate the fear of failure and really go after whatever you want. And I'm gonna show you how. There is a practical guide in here that you can actually do. So please go to jennifercohen.com where you can pre-order the book right now and also receive access to a masterclass for free. There's also a Facebook group if you'd like to join that as well. Don't forget to subscribe to my mailing list by going to jennifercohen.com and get my newsletter so you can get life hacks, productivity hacks every day in your inbox to help you optimize whatever you're doing most in life. Please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you normally consume podcasts. Let me know what you think, what you love, what you don't love so much, what you want to see more of. You can also watch the full episodes in video on YouTube now. So check it out and subscribe. Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. This episode of Habits and Hustle is probably one of my favorites we've ever done. We had Rob Deerdeck on this episode, and you guys, this is going down in the books. He is not only a professional skateboarder, and of course, the brains behind ridiculousness, which of course is probably the most successful show that MTV has ever had. It's in its 30th season, and they do about 250 episodes a year, okay? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. This guy is a serial entrepreneur galore, all right? He is just amazing. He automates his entire life. He has created this mindset called the machine mindset, which is a systematic approach to fuse art, science, and magic, which he applies to all aspects of his life, business, creation, television, media, and even his day-to-day personal routine as an entrepreneur, husband, and father. By doing so, he's been able to push the boundaries of productivity and accomplish more than typically possible in a 24-hour day. I mean, this guy is amazing. He basically automates his life to be optimized in everything, including, of course, his health. He sits at the helm of Deirdrick Machine, which is a fully integrated multi-platform universe of venture building, media and community and philanthropy. He has created 18 brands, including Outstanding Foods, MindRight, five of which of his companies have exited and aggregated a value of a half a billion dollars just on those alone. His business and life philosophies manifest in media on his podcast too, which is called Build with Rob. Like I said, this guy is way more, and there's a reason why he's one of the most prolific personalities in TV history. I've learned so much from this guy, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. I am dying to know your thoughts. Please leave a comment after you hear it. Let me know what you think. I know you're going to love it. You're definitely going to learn something. It could have gone on for 10 more hours, but he's going to come back and enjoy. I am so excited to have my guest here today. We have Rob Dyrdek and I, I mean, I've never been speechless, but this guy is above and beyond probably any guest we've ever had on Habits and Hustle. He is 
you may think of him as a skateboarder. You may know him from Ridiculousness or Robin Big or Fantasy Factory. But this guy is one of the most clever entrepreneurs, what he's built, what he's done, how he's automated his life to, and designed a life that is way beyond anybody's imagination. You can't even imagine. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. I don't, I don't mean to make you blush. I don't even know what direction to go with you because when I delve into, when I told you, when you walked in, when I delved deeper and deeper into who you are and what you've accomplished, like forget about the TV, the skate, you, you and, and the world records and mm. all of that. It's, this podcast could be 11 hours, honestly. I don't know what direction to go first. Yeah, and I think that ends up being a lot of the the problem with um, sort of my past sort of reason of not doing press. You know, for yeah. many years, like I didn't even, as I built the Deer Deck Machine and built sort of this entirely new vision for myself and sort of life and legacy, I didn't talk to anybody. And so by the time I began to share it, it was deeply refined and I had lived it and accomplished so much inside the, the way of thinking that now it's the only thing everybody wants to talk about. And that's how I control the narrative that has led to sort of me connecting with a lot of different people that think this way to be able to have this conversation in a more intelligent, connected way to who you are and what your brand is. Then just asking me, what'd you do to become a pro skater? Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like, it's like you've conquered so many different areas, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously it's like that, that that's the through line, right? So that's, it wasn't just in skating, you've conquered, every, like you're a serial entrepreneur and, and has ma made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in many businesses. Can you first start with like, what is the, in, what is the Deer Dick machine? Let's start with the basics and then we'll yep. kind of move on from there. Well, you know, the Deer Dick machine is a venture creation studio, which is essentially a business that creates businesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you know, a business is a living thing. Uh, and to me, I call it systematically fusing art, science and magic, right? Because you've got to be the creator of and the visionary for the idea that you have, but there are proven principles and um, certain inalienable things that have to happen for a business to be successful. That's the science side. And then you got to get lucky, uh, right market, right timing, like something happens to go your way and some magical moment happens to create a successful business. And in my case, I measure the success of that business through the entire, entire cycle from idea all the way to exit. So, can you just walk us through the evolution of, of you? Because you've evolved over mm -hmm. and, and grown so much from when you were what you started when you were 16 as a skate, you're a pro when mm -hmm. you a skateboarder at 16. So how did you were from out? You're from Ohio, right? How did, how did that even start? Like, how did you make a, to become even like the best? Like, how did you come from Ohio to LA and even begin that whole journey yeah it's a weird place to grow up and become like known in skateboarding but believe it or not um dayton ohio where i grew up was the epicenter for the skate culture outside of california and that was because oh, really? a young serial entrepreneur named by the name of jimmy george created like a skate 
distribution center there and would throw these big skate contests there. And when I was 11 years old, I called the skate shop because they had a ramp in the back and I had never skated a ramp before. And I asked him, the owner, would you allow me to skate for free if I get 10 people to come and pay to skate? And he was like, what? you can just come down here. And then when I skated the ramp for the first time, he was like, wow, like you've got real potential. Like if you skated, that's the first time you've ever skated a ramp. You are, you have real potential. I didn't even know what the word meant. And my parents are trying to explain to me like, oh, like you could be really good at it. But he was a serial entrepreneur. And then I just watched him start company after company and everybody, um, as I was getting better and better at becoming a skateboarder, everybody was building companies around me. So I quit high school, became a professional skateboarder and started my first company uh, right after I moved to Cal. California when I was 17. But what you said is interesting. Like when you were a little kid, like a teenager, you said to this guy, let me go and skate. I, I was bring, 11. Ele- I mean, 11 years old. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll bring 10 people. They'll pay. Like you, out, you obviously had something already very entrepreneurial, like mm-hmm. a spirit within you to even think of that at 11. But, like but, how did you even think of think that? Think about this though. Imagine if he would have been, don't be ridiculous. Why are you calling and asking? If you don't have the money, you can't skate. Right. Imagine how much of a difference that would have built, like by me, by them saying, you don't even worry about it. Come on down. We'll let it do for free. That opened this uh, like belief of like, oh, wow, look what happened. You took a shot and it worked, right? It's like, I, I like to say that I had these series of events when I was really young I became really good at soccer. Like I became really good at skateboarding as soon as I tried to do it. I got, I made a cold call, then didn't just skate. I was recognized of like, you have true talent and was validated even further that I was, I had this possibility to become a professional. Like, so I had this extraordinary foundation of self-belief that the the world turned my way in a handful of different things at that very impressionable age that allowed me to begin an evolution of continually growing that belief and taking bigger and bigger shots. So, but that's interesting because it, it sounds to me that things came easy for you. You're very, na- mm-hmm. you're a naturally gifted athlete. If you were really good, you're extraordinary at soccer and at skateboarding. I mean, it's so it, like you said, it gave you that self-belief, but what, what was the, how did, what, was there anything that you had to work at that you weren't good at that kind of you didn't have the self-belief or because you had that self-belief from those things, it gave you the self-belief that you can figure it out on something else. Well, you know, I continued to just evolve and grow and continue to find success. And I didn't truly lose like self-belief for the first time till I was like 25. And like, if you can imagine you're born into belief, you've had all the success. And then like in your mid twenties, this super dangerous time when you're really trying to figure it out, like that's when you, you lose your self belief. And if you can imagine, you're so used to having it for so long, trying to manage it, uh, was this entirely different and foreign experience. Cause you don't just lose it overnight. You, you, as you begin to lose clarity on where you want to go and then you begin trying different things and they don't work and now you lose your way and are unsure of what you should do that's where you begin to to lose uh, begin to build doubt which then ultimately can lead to losing belief yeah absolutely what happened when you were 25 you know i had um i had evolved up into 
um, you know, going from professional uh, skateboarder and traveling the world to then having a signature board and signature shoes and all of these um, now having money, right? I was making a few hundred thousand a year, but then I just wasn't satisfied with being a professional skateboarder. My desire, you know, I started a record label and a skate show. I saw all these businesses that I didn't know how to run that were all failing. And so now it's like my skating is, 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 is just getting worse and worse because I'm trying to be a business guy because oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I started my first company at 17. Like, what company I was start. that, by the way, at it 17? Was, uh, 17 was called Orion trucks it was a uh, basically the metal part of the skateboard i was reading a book called the orion prophecy about the pyramids being directed at the orion stars and there's aliens living there so i named the company orion aluminum and i hand drew the logo and everything it was the first pure like brand design and build uh put together the entire team found the manufacturer uh to put the whole thing together it was a true like like founder build at 17 you know and what happened with that did you make money it's off actually that still in, in in business to this day but no i never i did that deal put together like basically you and you know, were 17 yeah like the all-star team the best skaters in the world did design the entire thing put the whole thing together for 0.5 percent of sales so i was like oh i made it look at this i am rich you know what i mean i was getting like you know, six, $700 a month. And it was like, oh, what? You know, like- But for 17 years old. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you got to think, even I was guaranteed like $1,000 a month if I would move from Ohio to California, right? Because at right. the time, you know, in, in the first year of being pro, I made $2 one month because I sold one board and got a $2 royalty check. And right. so for me, when they guaranteed me 1000 to move to California, it was like, get out of here. It's like a ton of money. Right. I felt like I hit the lottery. Right. Uh, so getting that additional, you know, building that whole company and getting now six, 700 from a truck company, that was, it felt significant. But again, I was, you know, taken advantage of. But that, that, uh, company is still in business to this day, gone through a series of different owners, the IP, but you know, it's the, the power of that brand and what it meant to skateboarding early on in the, in the nineties that, that has the longevity to this day. Right. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the 25 yeah. year old story of how you lost yeah. that stuff, but I wanted to kind of, yeah. And, and again, the- I, I, up until that point, I'm, you know, I was trying all these things because in my, in, I had this much bigger ambition, right? And being a professional skateboarder was not connecting to me to the ambition and the identity that I saw for myself, you know? And so that gap um, was worsened because I wasn't educated. So now I'm trying all these different businesses with the money I earned from my signature shoes, which was now giving me hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I never bridged the knowledge gap to understand how to actually build and operate and assess businesses from a way that where there's a financial opportunity. I was just brand and idea driven. Right. And so I'm doing all these different things and losing all this money, then getting introduced to taxes. And then, you know, now I'm, I'm, operating my life at a loss because I think I'm super rich and I'm spending all this money, but then I got to pay all this taxes and I'm investing all these things. And so now, you know, you know, everything compounds. 
in positive or negative way. And for me in that case that I was beginning to compound in a negative way, drinking more because I'm like, like feeling more lost and taking less care of myself, skating less, like trying to put more energy, trying to will these businesses to work, even though fundamentally they were not constructed in a way where they had the potential to find success because I didn't even know how to do that. But I said to myself, I'm an entrepreneur. I was raised by entrepreneurs. Like it's my destiny to do companies. Everyone around me does companies. Like, so I, um, kept thinking my ideas would, if I just kept pushing, they would work and win. And at that point where I had hit rock bottom, none of them had worked. I I was told by um, the owner of DC Shoes at the time where I had my signature mm-hmm. product that my career was done. The best of my, my best years were behind me and that they would give me one more contract and then I could retire and become a shoe designer for the company. And I, it was like tore the soul out of me and truly, truly put me at like, who am I? Like, what happened? Like, can I even, you know, do I do that? Do I just like hit this check and start thinking about like my next life, my life after skateboarding, you know? But I said to him in that meeting, like two years from now, I'm going to be a completely different human being. Like I'm not going to be who I am today. And it just locked me in. And then the first thing that I did is I went out and found a clinical psychologist that does hypnosis to like hypnotize me. Well, at the time to be focused on skateboarding, but he did all of this work to be like, look, your subconscious doesn't even believe you're meant to be successful. And so then all of the work at that time was just to reprogram my subconscious uh, that I am meant to find great success. Okay. That's what I have written that. I wrote that down as a question because I heard you talk about Mm -hmm. that on your podcast about how this, you basically, it sounds like you got hypnotized to believe that, to be successful. Correct. And so, and you actually believe that's the reason why you're successful. Look, it's the art, science, and magic. You know what I mean? You could you could say a lot of things about it, right? And I've sent, sent many of people there, you know? And, you and, have? And, yeah, and it hasn't worked for everyone, uh, but it has worked for a, a lot. And, really? It has and, worked for other people? Yeah, and, and so for me, you could you could say any you you could you could put together any 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 case against why I'm fabricating it or why you know it was just happened to be timing whatever it may be and there's a lot of forces at play there right you hit bottom you lost belief you went to this it redirected you you had an entirely new mission and guide in life but there is it, what is absolute truth is from that moment on I just like have been on a trajectory uh you skyrocketed like that went from going to the top of skateboarding to writing a concept for the dc video that led to a television show that led to multiple television shows that then led to um you know creating a professional skateboarding leave and cartoons and then ultimately a business that creates businesses and making hundreds of millions of dollars you know Okay, this is to me so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I literally had to like rewind it when I saw you talk about it. I'm like, okay, so in your brain, you said to yourself, okay, I don't, you were kind of like at rock bottom and you thought you thought to yourself, hmm, maybe I should get hypnotized to feel like maybe that will help me. Like kind of like how people would go to a hypnotist to get for weight loss or for smoking or for whatever. Yeah. So 
who did you, how did you know who to call? Who, like, did, did this guy do this before with someone else and you kind of heard of him? Like, what, did, how did this even happen? So, so this is, this is really, it was sort of in the era where there was a lot of sports uh, psychologists talk with like different pro athletes trying to, you know, win a major championship or, or lock in and be more focused, especially tennis and golf athletes. There was a lot of talk of um, using, um, performance uh, coaches, yeah, performance coaches and hypnosis for performance. Okay. And so I just went to the yellow pages because there was no internet, there was no way to search something like this. And I went to the yellow pages and found the hypnotist. Only this hypnotist, the great Dr. George Pratt, uh, was also a clinical psychologist at Scripps La Jolla, the preeminent San Diego medical facility. So to me, I'm like, well, look at this. It's like, he's a psychologist, he's at Scripps, like it doesn't get any more legit than this. And he was like, you know, you know, $250 an hour it was like the most outrageous price, like for like anything of that concept. Yeah. Like, and, and then when I got in there to tell him like, Hey, I need help with my skateboarding is how I went in there. And, and then he had written, I, you know, had written all these books for executives called hyper success and all these different th things of unlocking your potential. And he was like, forget about skateboarding. Let's get to your subconscious and just see if you even believe you're meant to be successful. So it was like, I didn't go in there of like, I need someone to change the inside of me because I don't believe I'm going to be successful. It was like what he, his practice and what he understood guided uh, the, the session to that. And then this, this is what we have to work on. And then that's what we did. Okay. How many sessions did you do with this guy? Oh, I mean, I did it for years. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, just let's just keep going. I felt so amazing immediately and then began to see the results. You know what I mean? And, and I... You know, it, it, this how you know this is twenty five years deep, and you know I still take my wife there to him for things like he presided over our vow renewal wow. uh, when we did our vow renewal. Uh, you know, for our five year anniversary, like he's just this amazing um, person that's been in my life. Um, who is like I am to him this like extraordinary like um, case <laughs> you know it, case study, but case also. Study. This is, I've been talking about the story for 20 plus years, you know what I mean? And so he he still gets such a kick out of it. Like someone will send him this podcast and be like, oh, Rob, I was talking about you again. You know, it's like had him had him on one of my shows. Like, Did you really it, believe, you genuinely believe this is like the, the reason why this whole I, thing started? I, I'm like, we know the power of the subconscious, right? right? Like as we've grown and evolved and practiced personal development and, and grown and evolved in our own lives, you begin to understand, wow, it's actually the intuitive way that you operate is at the core of, of how to live a truly harmonious, high quality life. And, and I see that now much clearer and can tie it all the way back to the importance of, um, you know, your subconscious self-belief. Uh, and that's what he worked on. And then I, I have had strength in that and grown that strength. Uh, that's, that's wavered from, from, from time to time. Um, do you still see him by the way? No, no. Okay. When did you stop seeing him? Uh, you know, I, I want to say I took my wife down there who was like really struggling with anxiety about uh, driving at night. 
And I was like, hey, can you just uh, uh, check me to make sure that I'm going to be a billionaire? He's like, all right, come over. He's like, oh, stop it. Of course you are. You know I, mean? like, it was like, I love it. It was like the most amazing interaction of like the most random, like, can you even check like that? No, that my subconscious belief that I believe I'm going to be a billionaire. He's like, come over here. You know, he does like this technique. He's like, oh, stop it. Of course, you know, you're going to be a billionaire. Yeah. Do you believe you're going to be a billionaire? You probably are almost. Oh, you, look, yeah. I mean, I think it, at, at this at this level, when when you generate this level of wealth, but then you know exactly how you generated it, and then you've tracked it and its growth, and then you've um, began to understand ways to grow it in rapid ways, conservative ways, and all of these things together, then it's it's not a matter of um, if, it's just a matter of when, when based off of, you know, the the handful of things which would include market cycles and then ultimately um the the businesses you build and and the rate that they accelerate but yeah i don't think it would be a, a world where i wouldn't be no and the fact that it's but again it comes back to that self-belief right because mm -hmm. if you didn't have that belief it but, changes but, but it reframes this, but, how you but, think look, but at this point this isn't just self-belief right this is deep understanding and data and and insight and data and mastery yeah and mastery so yeah. you, you know what this says to me and says to everybody is that you have to take agency of how you want your lit life to be. So like, there's this whole thing about like, you know, going to find yourself. I believe you need to create yourself and you need to create yourself systematically like you're doing by putting the right steps in place. If you're just throwing a lot of shit at the wall and hoping something sticks, it's not, it's, it's not, it may, some things you may get lucky with here and there, but it's not really, the chances are, not for you. But wait, before we even get into that, because I, I know that what you also believe is that when you start to understand money and how it, like that piece of it really also kind of put everything on overdrive too, right? Not yeah. just, but before we get, I want to get back to the, the hypnotist <laughs> thing. So then is this guy super busy now because of you? Like, is he just booked? Oh, I, I, you know, he's always been booked. He's always been pretty significant. Um, What's his name again? Uh, Dr. George Pratt. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, he, he's, he's like semi-retired at this point, you Damn. know what I mean? But, but yeah, he's, I, I think, you know, he's been, he's been catching the Rob wave for a really long time, but he was a significant, like well-known doctor in the space, uh, way before uh, I had even met him. He's one of the pioneers because he is a highly educated psychologist that blended right. a lot of the, like, you know, more, um, you know, cutting edge, like techniques that that aren't like you're not stare at the the thing you know right. like it's not like hypnosis like you know balk like a chicken right you know what i mean it's really much more like chakra points and like nervous system stuff to try to get your subconscious to reprogram itself did it did he help your wife with the anxiety for the night driving did it work uh, it didn't it like she can do it but it didn't it didn't completely eliminate it, but it allowed her to get back in the car and do it. The anxiety's there, but she just couldn't do it anymore. Like couldn't even drive at night. Right. And it, it really changed that that for her from at least being able to do it, but still it's hard on her, you know. Did is the is this type of thing something that people have to do more like regularly or can they is it a is it something that you can do once and really see a significant change? Yeah, look, I don't um 
you know, I'm, I, I can't sit here and say that it's like, you know, I don't practice it to this day. I don't preach it to this day. This is the most depth I've spoken about it. Really? <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like normally I, I look, like normally I do like, I, it's like a quip in my past that I kind of talk about. Like, I don't, I don't ever go I super deep you. into it. But I'm super uh, interested in these you things. Know, it, but again, to me, in hindsight, it's more about intention than anything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I got clarity, got intentional, and began to work towards uh, clear outcomes that would create a better life, a better future experience. And that intention is what then allowed the universe to open up and present something like him to me that then reinforced that I was on the right path, right. that allowed me to continue to evolve towards these things I wanted to achieve, learn more about them, get clearer plans, clearer strategies as I get closer and closer to them to then achieve them and have a new one right behind it that allowed me to continue to grow into a great skateboarder, a top 10 skateboarder in the world to then television and create this entirely new universe for myself. So then after this this whole thing, what was, so then that was happening. How did, um, because you, be, I, I love the story about how you became the sh you're, you're a shoe designer, but the way you created that business for your like the, the royalty situation. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? And was that obviously that was after the hit? Like that was what year was that? Like how old were you then when that yeah, so happened? It was, a, it was the same era. Okay, and so you know at the time, like I really fell in love with uh, shoe design. Right. And so I got to design my own signature shoe. And so I had to be really, you only have one shot at the shoe each year. So you got to really make it special because it's the difference between making 50,000 and 500,000. So it was really important that I try to design these great shoes. So in that process, I got really good at designing what sell, would sell really well. So in my contract negotiation, I said, how about like, I would like my signature shoe um, but let me design, go through the same process that all the designers go through. And if my shoes get picked, I get a 2% royalty instead of my signature 5% or a 2.5. And they were like, um, sure. Why not? He does great shoes. Like what's, what do we got? What do we care? Like, you know, worst case scenario, uh, like we have best selling other shoes. And so then I, I, I went over the top because the way it used to work is like the designers, you know, who get paid, you know, 70, 80 grand a year right. who like this is their entire livelihood. They present their shoes and then the sales and, and the executive team will pick them. I would go in there and just razzle dazzle everybody. I would do these in, like crazy presentations and thesis on on the entire design concept. So all the salespeople, all the people that work there are like, oh, it's like Rob stuff is so cool. You know, I just I just sold it in so heavy. And at one point I had a third of the line in like 30 plus shoes that I was getting paid off of. And oh when God. the company was acquired, and now, of course, you know, I'm making millions in shoe royalties. And then when the company was the diligence where the company was getting acquired by Quicksilver, they were like, why is this pro skater getting paid all this money off of all these shoes? Right. And it was like a a an issue because you know when you run the company it makes no sense you wouldn't give designers <laughs> like that much money you're basically thing. giving away this huge chunk of the margin in all these shoes especially these more mainstream shoes and and so when the company was acquired 
um, they let me know that I would no longer be allowed to do this and that they were going to like uh, run out all of my current designs and replace them with other designs because they're not going to pay this royalty in perpetuity. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Then where, then how did the whole TV, like the ridiculous, I was saying to you, like, I feel like the only show that MTV has is mm -hmm. ridiculousness. I mean, doesn't it plays literally 24 hours a day? Yeah. Like, that is the show. I, and I feel that 1.5 billion hours viewed last year is the most watched television show ever. Ever. In, in the in the United States. Per, mean, per year on cable. On cable. Obviously, no one on network would watch that much, but on cable, yeah. Do you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but someone who I work with when, when I was, we were talking yesterday about you coming on, she said to me that there are literally chat rooms uh, about the, your show being like, they're, they're, they're like, they go back and forth of why the show is so popular. Mm -hmm. Like just why, like why mm -hmm. is the show like in marathon 24 hours a day? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's become like a, literally a case study, a phenomenon because it's, it, what, what do you think it is about the show yeah. Like that makes it that way. I mean, just on that show alone, by the way, like people usually have like one little thing, not one thing, but like that in itself, having your name attached to would be like its own thing. Mm -hmm. The fact that you have all these other things and this is just like a sliver in the pie is just mind blowing to me. But yeah. anyway. But but look, this I'll, I'll give you, because this is the art, science and magic of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because think about this. It's. I originally like came up with the concept after reading an article in the Hollywood Reporter about Vinnie DeBona and his $500 million syndication business with America's Funniest Home Videos. Right. Right. So then I'm like, ah, oh, man, I should just make a faster, cooler uh, version for MTV. I took an America's Funniest Home Videos, stripped it all, took out all the, the unfunny videos and all the high action videos. And I used my Xbox and because I could control it and rewind it and point it out. And I put it into little segments, almost ex the, the heart of what the show even is today, like as how I pitched it when I very first pitched it. And I, I wanted that because I didn't want to shoot reality because it was like shooting Robin Big yeah. and like how difficult it was. It would just take months and months and people in my house and like all this, it just, it just sucked the life out of me. Yeah. And it's, but I loved what TV did for all my brands and my businesses and everything that I was doing that media platform. And it's like, how could I do something that's more controlled and way easier? And that, that's what really initially led me to develop that and pitch that. But then MTV came back and said, no, we'll pay you 125000 an episode if you do your own reality show. And that's why I created Fantasy Factory first, because they were only offering me 30000 an episode to shoot ridiculousness. So I created oh. Fantasy Factory as long as they would give me the rights uh, to the integration. And at the time, they didn't think anything of it. So then I built the show around my businesses and brand integrations. So not only did I get the 125,000 episode, but then I made millions with Chevy and Microsoft and Monster and all these different brand deals that I would do and integrate their product in the show. And MTV couldn't stop it because I had the rights before I'd ever committed to the deal. So even that had a life on it to where you got to think I'm getting attacked by sharks and flipping cars and doing like that was a way more hardcore stunt like level show and so that shark thing is insane yeah. and the tiger thing yeah tiger shark like jockey and horses weren't like, you scared of the shark yeah it's no it's like this all the stunts i was scared of and they were all dumb 
the day of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, yeah. was like, this isn't even funny. Like, why am I doing this? Right, like, right. This is like, like, this is good, not even good for TV. And then when it's over, it's like, got tagged by a shark. Yeah. Just got towed into a giant wave and almost <laughs> died by Laird Hamilton. Ah, oh, look at that. I just jumped a monster truck 60 feet in front of 40,000 people through an exploding RV. Like, when they're done, it's genius and yeah. amazing. The day of, this is so dumb. Why would I even do this, right? Is no the, kidding. Especially like when I was like really beginning to, to develop the machine and push that to the next level. And now I'm breaking the world record for jumping a car backwards a hundred feet. And I'm like, why am I here again? I, I, why am I even putting myself at risk? I have this clear vision of like how I want to live the rest of my life. And here I am strapped in to like a, for a Chevy deal, doing a like breaking the world record for jumping a car backwards. This isn't even funny. And then, wow. And then like, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Look at me. I just broke a world record for jumping a car backwards, right? But I digress. So, no, but no, but so extraordinary. Like your life is so extraordinary. The fact, yeah. and also you're good at a, this is the thing that I think that you like kind of like kind of glaze over. You're good naturally at a lot of things. You know how to design. I mean, most people are not good at even one thing. Yeah. You're obviously like, you're a good athlete. You know how to design. You're very creative. You can do stunts. I mean, like you are kind of gifted in a lot of ways. And you just took that and like, put it on like major steroids. But, but think about it. It's not even a gift. It, you, you have the ability to look at everything and break it down into a handful of things that you've got to learn to be able to do it. True. Then, then once you figure out how to do it, now it's all about getting better at it. Rather than struggling to lead, like, how do I even do it? And then trying it and it not working and then building doubt and then quitting. I, I had the ability to, to see what I would need to learn and then the dedication to learn it to the, where it can become intuitive or automated, where the optimization can kick in, which I later realized right. and ultimately then built an entire philosophy of the way that I live my life today, where I essentially look at everything and how do I design, automate, and optimize it on an ongoing basis and prepare perpetually evolve into my limitless potential. That's how I've been able to guide my evolution through all these years. And then when I discovered what actually occurred over all these years and then bottled it up into a system, then I rapidly evolved right into the level that I'm in today, which was only, you know, six years that I got here. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like I'm, I, I rapidly got to this space, but I digress. Yes, I'm I so digress. excited about the automation. I'm like um, literally like in my chair, can I, like holding on. Look, I've taken you on a long journey to get back to ridiculousness. Yes, no, but uh, I like it. I but, think it's also, it's yeah. so fascinating to people. The, the, that, the, the, that show is so massive beyond yeah and look so so this is what happened with the show so okay it has a great concept and you you eventually bring it to market it finds success but it's very difficult a lot harder to do than you realized oh wait right? can I ask your question i didn't yeah. ask you in your integration deals with like chevy how much were you getting per integration oh i mean when i did the think this the, the chevy deal was a five million dollar deal okay and i'm it was, they were, they sponsored my professional skateboarding league that right. I launched. It was a Super Bowl commercial. It was uh, the series premiere of season five of Fantasy Factory. It was like a tour of uh, car shows, right? It was this like multi-platform mega deal. And then I had to go and flip a car. 
And, and that was part of the $5 million deal. Yeah, and it's like, what? This ain't worth it. When I get there, it's like, I really, you know, no front wheel car had ever, or real wheel drive, or yeah, front wheel drive car had never been flipped because the weight ratio, it doesn't allow it to flip. So we built these ramps that were like at angles. And then, you know, I had to go exactly 43 miles an hour in, Otherwise, I would come up short if I was 42. Uh, if I did 44, I'd overshoot the mark of the ramp. I'm like, how did we get here? Like, what? And then I couldn't line up the, the front wheel because they didn't just have a ramp. It was two tracks that I had to line up. So I had to put tape on the windshield. And then I had to, like, close one eye oh in order to line it up. And then it was like 42, 43, 42, 43, 42, boom. And then you're just flipping. And then when that thing came down and it worked and you're driving away, it's like, what? But that was, you couldn't back out. <laughs> Even though they didn't figure it out, it never worked. And their test cars, like, I just had to go for it because I had already gotten millions of dollars to develop it. Like, I was getting paid all the money. It was like all of that. I had gone and built that entire deal, yet you have to go, you have to do the one thing that hinges it and put your life on the line to do some absurd stunt in order for the whole thing to even matter. Oh my gosh. Uh, so you can't back out, you know what I mean? And and that sort of the the process, but all of those deals, some, you know, they were all multi-million dollar deals that layered over top of each other and some long-term, short-term uh partnerships and then I integrated all of each of them into my foundation like Microsoft helped me build skate parks, Carl's Jr. helped me build skate parks i would at a foundation that would build skate parks so i would do a mega deal talent deal for myself the production side of it and then always donate to my foundation at the time and then would use the media platform that was mtvs and they were you know they were livid the sales team hated it because it'd be like they had have no access right. to the media because they gave me the rights and of course that doesn't exist today it was really killed off when bethany frankel did skinny girl yeah. that was like the nail in the coffin of like where no brands no integration for talent like this is our we should be making all this money it's our platform yeah like basically the jersey shore uh merch uh, skinny girl and then Rob's like owning the outright integration like was the end of it and never happened in TV again. You yeah, know? that was, that's right. The skinny girl was the last straw yeah. for that. Yeah. So basically all this money you made for that show, like 5 million from Chevy, you probably made, so how many episodes was, was it for Fantasy Factory? I did eight seasons. You know, I don't know exactly how many So and each episode had an integration of like 5 million. Yeah, well, so you can just very, it varied. Very, yeah. like 2 million, yeah. 5 million, yeah. doesn't matter at yeah. that point. And the, and MTV wasn't making any of those integrations. That yeah. was all going to you. They would, they would get some of the like they like Chevy would spend some ad dollars and run ads on the network that they would get. So they, nice. they would eat they would eat a little bit off of it. You know what I mean? So a crumb here or yeah, there. You know, but but none of the integration dollars. No. That's great. Okay, so now let's get into the ridiculousness. Okay. So yeah. because or because how it became the phenomenon. So yeah, continue. And, and so, you know, ultimately, you know, here's this show that's much easier for me to do, but it was it was still Man, it would take all day, and and you know when when I would, it would I'd have to do so much pre production to get the shows ready, and then when we shoot them, it would take like four or five hours to shoot the show. We were how we would you know you know shoot for an hour and a half, and 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 then do a voiceover, then take a lunch break, and it, it I would shoot two to two a day. I'd get there at eight and leave at uh, you know six or seven, and then like I would do that like four or five days a week for like. Like, 
um, you know, all month and it would tear the soul out of me. And then I would be like exhausted and then go right back to uh, shooting Fantasy Factory again, right? On top of doing all my businesses and everything. And, and that's when I really began to be like, I can't do this anymore unless we can really begin to optimize this and and figure out a way for this to take less and less time. And then we got rid of the voiceover, got rid of clips, and we're now able to do two shows before we go to lunch. So now I'm getting there at nine and leaving at like two or three to do two shows. So that became more like easier for me to do. Then I started spreading out the shooting schedule and just shooting three days a week. Um, you know, so it was taxing me, but not as bad, you know, and um, and what was happening in cable at the time was, you know, uh, cable was basically flattening out, right? So streaming was emerging and YouTube was emerging yeah. at this deep scale. So now it's fragmenting into short form content or watch it on demand. And so cable's starting to struggle. And so now these big dollar cable shows are all failing and, and they're trying all these scripted things and different cable networks and all this thing. But, but what just kept cooking was the ridiculousness because it sits almost in both worlds where you can sit and watch yeah. it like without um you know needing to to know any storyline or when and you could watch for a few hours straight and it has the same sort of uh, simplicity that the short form content with the same uh viewing habits as streaming right so it ended up in this super unique world and then then it became like, uh, you know, not it, it kind of hit a wall for them because the show had gotten so expensive. Right. Yeah. But at this time, I had basically built um, a strategy and a plan to build and sell the production company that produced the show. So I had a I now had a much deeper insight to the cost structure of the show. And then they basically said, we can't do it anymore unless we get the price reduced. And then all of us basically um, stripped out the production, took pay cuts and went from shooting uh, 30 episodes at a time to 168 at a time. And so then when we did that, now I went deep into efficiency and I went from like doing everything I can to begin to optimize all aspects of it from how I prep for it, from how I, uh, how, how much we would shoot, how many videos were in this, all this stuff. So I took it all the way down to where I would shoot six a day uh, and each one would take me 28 minutes to shoot. And I would be able with prep time and uh, shooting six a day, I would be able to get it down to around five hours. That's where I got it to. So now if, it, if you can imagine, I shoot 252 episodes a year. And as you may have heard, I track all my time and that to shoot the 252 episodes a year is only 4% of my time because I do it. I shoot four times a week uh, for 10 and a half month or four times a month for 10 and a half months each year. So I spread it out uh, so that it never wears me out. Then I have it so optimized that it's so easy to shoot. And what had happened is the reason they want 252 a year was because of the fact um, that as 
as that was emerging, that it had this sort of streaming slash virality YouTube concept around it, that the more they played it, the more people watched it. And so then it was like, well, shoot, the more we play it, the, the higher the ratings are on the overall company, the more money we're making. We're going to basically just build this as our base because people will watch it for big blocks at a time uh, on an ongoing basis. It doesn't matter. Just give us as many as you can. And then by... I'm now committed to shooting 336 a year oh and, God. Are you and it's it, within the exact amount of time because the, the way I was able to, all I had to do to shoot 336 was go from shooting six uh, a day to eight a day. And in order to do that in a more efficient, faster time, I took out one package out of act two and that gave me five minutes back. And then um, we don't do outfit changes between episodes one and two, two and four, um, four and six and, and six and eight. And I can now shoot eight in the exact amount of time that I shot six, but it made 33% more income to me, 33% more income to the production company, uh, all of that, right? And then since I built it to sell, in that process of evolution and magic of the cable world collapsing and the me getting more and more efficient to where I could shoot uh, such scale and and they would want it because the audience wow. wants it that then I sold the production company for 190 million that doesn't even include the talent money that I get from it and that will get for years to come you know I mean you, and did you also just renewed the deal right like, yeah so you're making about what 300 million just from that alone that show yeah I mean just on that alone yeah that's insane yeah Okay, so then how did you learn getting it? Now, this is like what I'm just beyond fascinated with. How did you even, so was that the kind of the, I, I guess the catalyst for you to think, oh shit, I really need to optimize my life because I, I need to like figure out a way to kind of do this show, have my life in balance. Is that, was that the catalyst, that whole, that production schedule for you? No, no, had nothing to do with it. I would have never even been able to create that if I hadn't of decided the most important thing I needed to do in 2012 and 13 was to design life, right? Right. Because it wasn't, didn't matter what the money was, didn't matter what, at the time, I didn't want to shoot TV anymore. In 2013, 14, I didn't want to shoot Ridiculous anymore. I didn't want to do Fantasy Factory anymore. These things wore me out. And like, I'm... Um, it was, you know, really where I, my sort of rock bottom in that era is I had all of these different things going and I just was high and low and boom and bust and like, just keep going, do another thing. One of them's going to be so big that that's going to be the thing that gives you the wealth and success that you've tied to what you believe your, your identity is and what you're meant to create. I thought I had to just keep going, keep going, couldn't keep a relationship, was unhappy, but it didn't matter. I would eventually make so much money then I would find the happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, I had my professional skateboarding league, my cartoon on on Nickelodeon, uh, all the comp all these different companies, my signature products, my brand deals, Fantasy Factory, ridiculousness, all this stuff at once. But I was just booming and busting and trying another thing and everything, like like work hard, play hard, burn out, get sick of it all, hate it all. And then I eventually was approached by a 
a an investment group that was like we would like to potentially look at investing in you and and being your partner to turn you into the billionaire we know you're meant to be and i'm like finally somebody recognizes like the talent i got in here and they're gonna help me and so the idea was they are were going to invest value me at 100 million at the time and invest 50 million i got to uh, take 30 million off the table invest 20 million into my company and then they would steward me to my my destiny of wealth and when they did the diligence on how I ran everything, they were basically like, you're uninvestable. We will loan you money that you have to pay back at this like, you know, 15% interest rate. And then if we can figure out how to turn you into a business person, then we have the right to own half of you for life. And I was like, it was this another huge awakening that I didn't understand money, that that I had no, I was just continuing to do things, but had no clear strategy of what life it was leading to me or what life I wanted out of it. And then I began the journey of like, you have to understand what you want out of life. And I found a book called Start at the End, which was a business book that essentially, you know, I joke that like I just read the introduction and it changed my life. I never even read the book. It was just, if you ever, if you are going to create a business, decide the success outcome of that business before you start, then build your plan backwards to get there. And then like I was like- Reverse engineer, basically. Reverse engineer it, right? And for me, I had just never thought of like, oh, like decide the outcome. But then I said, I'm not gonna do that with a business. I'm gonna do that for my life. And then I began the process of designing uh, my life and then the world began to open up, right? I began to meet all these different consultants and different people. And then I realized my, I didn't fully understand money. Now I got to build a strategy of like, why do I want money? Well, it's really like the way of life that I live. I like to live this certain way. And then, okay, well, like what's the pain in your life? Well, it's not sustainable because I have to keep investing in everything and I'm only talent. And, and like, unless I have some giant payday, well, what does that even mean? Like, what would you do with the payday? Like I had to ask myself all these questions of like, what type of person do you want to be? I want to be a father and a husband, you know, but the way that I live is not conducive to the person that I know I'm meant to be with for the rest of my life. I had to change who I was and, and in order to have the energy to even attract my wife. And, and I was ready by the time she got there because I was building my entire existence around how do I grow from a balanced state into the ideal version of myself rather than think that I'm going to some financial thing or some like person's going to come help me. Oh, I'm going to meet my wife. Then I'll become balanced. Then I'll become like harmonious. Instead, I designed what was at the time a balanced, harmonious, healthy existence. And then I began to grow into the ideal version of myself. And that controlled evolution from a harmonious state is what then guided me into the things I needed to learn, like how my goals continued to evolve as I grew into them, how the clarity and understanding of who I was was getting clearer and sharper. So my plans were getting sharper and clearer and, and who I wanted to be. Then I am now the person that I know that the person I want to be with forever would want to be with. And then I meet my wife and now I begin to see forever. And, and then I meet, she's into personal development and 
I had done no personal development up to that point. And then uh, Tony Robbins reaches out to me because he had written the book Money Master the Game. And she was super into Tony Robbins. I'm like, well, this is good. This will impress her. <laughs> and like, and then like I read the book, like, and it changes my entire like understanding and view on money that then like how important, how I just didn't understand money despite being a serial entrepreneur. All these things came together that that allowed me to have a vision for not a one thing that would make me successful, but how to what successful life was for me. And then what are all the things in my existing world that fit into that now? And how can I use them or get rid of them? That's going to serve helping me evolve and grow into this ideal version of myself. And I built a plan all the way down to what I would do with the money, how much money I wanted and all this stuff. And then I began to look at my world and I decided, hey, I'm going to build a business that builds businesses because I, I love creating businesses, but operating them takes too much out of me. I have too many businesses that I operate. Like I want to create a system for consistently building and selling businesses. And then I marched off on that journey. And then, and then, okay, what's your biggest opportunity to do that in? Well, now you got this television show, right? So now yeah. I'm taking this more methodic, systematic approach to everything and and then you look at that show not as a burden anymore, but well, how can I use this to be my first company that I build and sell inside my new system of my company that builds companies from idea to acquisition, right? Everything began to change perspective as what it meant to me. So now, now working and doing the show had a completely different energy for me. So then it was like, okay, you have to do this show because this show is going to lead you um, to, to accomplish um, your goal. You're doing it from a balanced state. How do you make it more efficient to take less energy so you can still reap the rewards without sacrificing any of your time and energy and then continue to optimize, optimize, optimize. And then it gets to a, just a level of mastery be, where it goes, becomes almost effortless. Right. You know what I mean? So the ener there is no energy exchange. And then the universe kicks in, cable flat out you end up doing all these more then the company works then you sell the company then you make all this it's like it's just a single thing that ended up being something you didn't want to do in 2015 and 16 because you want to you didn't want to be 40 and be on mtv anymore right. and and now like that kurt yeah, guy whatever uh, yeah you know what i mean i'm, I'm the new kurt loader <laughs> and 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 now you you've evolved to this place where it's just you grew it beyond even your wildest dreams from this deeply harmonious state and that's the thing that i preach the most is like you can't work hard to fulfill your dreams like you have to work efficiently you have to you have to be healthy and balanced and give yourself time to reflect in order order to learn the lessons that are happening on an ongoing basis so that you can evolve into a better version of yourself on an ongoing basis from a place of harmony, not a place of struggle. Like you want to struggle into harmony and then build your existence from there. And it's a paradigm that doesn't exist because everybody thinks like, you got to hustle till it finally works. And then if you keep hustling, like then you have enough money to hire people to where you can do this and that. Like you have to build balance and then get better and better and better at being balanced. So, what's the, okay, so this is amazing. So what are the first, what's the first step 
to build balance? And what was the first step that you did to build the systematic approach? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like when I was when I was going through the process of of learning everything there was to building a, a company. This is sort of what I did initially in the process of when I was developing the Deer Deck machine. I just wanted to build a system to build companies. And, and a really interesting part of building a company is the rhythm of company, right? It's sort of this cadence that, you know, you do weekly standups, you have monthly financials, there's this rhythm to it. And I was like, wow, I want to create a rhythm of my existence. Because the, the, the truth is, is like your balance is found in the rhythm and the cadence and the flow state of how you operate your life. So the very first step in actually um, having a balanced and healthy life is designing your time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you've got to actually design and dedicate the time and then it's an ongoing thing. I am continually and forever assessing my time and getting better and better at designing it and redesigning it and getting more efficient in all aspects of my life. But it starts with like developing out your year and, and, and really if it is, I need to work out, I need to do this, I need to, I want to spend time with my, my kids, I want to do this, I want to have a vacation here, here's when birthdays are, here's when Valentine's are, here's where the holidays are. Are. There's this cadence that you can begin to build in. And when you when you begin to design your time and live in that rhythm, that's the first state of taking control of, of how you feel. And then for me, the big thing that I learned from the group that helped me develop the rhythm of existence, a consultancy, was like, you know, the there's um the founder of it, brilliant guy by the name of Chris Smith. He he was like, you should use qualitative data to give you insights into this aspect of your life. And so I started just tracking every day, zero to 10, how I felt about my life, work, and health. In this qualitative self-awareness, where you ask yourself, how do I feel about my life today? And you feel low. And why? Oh, it's like got into a fight with this person again. Like, oh, I keep thinking about money. I don't know what this is. You, it, you think there's all of these things that are disrupting your, your rhythm of your life and your mind share and all these things, but really it ends up being five or six major things that constantly bring you down. And it becomes so clear to you when you ask yourself every day, zero to 10, how you feel about your life, life, health and work. And then you begin to see the same thing that's bringing you down. You're like, okay, that's, I need to change that. It's obvious. And then you begin to do that over time. Um, you have, you will eventually clear out all things that ever, ever bring you down. And that process of designing time and using qualitative data on an ongoing basis is what allowed me to rapidly evolve in a harmonious state and just get happier and happier and happier and more balanced and more successful and more clear in my planning and all of these things. And, and I have it in numbers. Like I yeah. could show you like, like how much happier I am. And, and, and then the craziest thing is when I started tracking, like, did I get, I, did I get up at five? Did I brain train? Did I meditate? Did I get in the gym? Did I eat clean? Did I not drink? Like you would see a direct correlation of the percentage that I would do that in my qualitative numbers of how I felt about my uh, life, health, and work. Where is he then? Like, what, what are you tra like? What are you tracking it on? Like you said, this consultancy company helped you. Yeah, well, they they, they built the rhythm it? of existence. What is that? Is What's the rhythm of existence? The rhythm of existence is essentially the operating model to my or operating system for my life. It's like a forty-page document that has all of my systems of how I operate my life. 
And, you know, essentially I just have- Give me an example of what you mean by that. uh, You know, it sort of has like, you know, like today I got up at 4 a.m. Okay. Do you always get up at 4 a.m.? Sometimes I get up at 3.30. Uh, but I get up bed? between four and five. If I go to bed at like eight thirty, uh, I'll get up at three thirty. But um, you know, I went to bed at eight thirty last night, but I got up at four this morning. Um, but then you know, there's all of these systems that I implement, right? So today, you know, I just immediately got to work with some deeper, deeper uh, book work that I'm doing with with my philosophy. But then I did a five thirty a.m. call uh, with my chief of staff since I had sort of a a a more packed day today. I wanted to get caught up on on sort of our core systems that include getting all the presents built and all these things that I need to do with my wife and getting all, or getting uh, choosing the presents, presenting me with all the presents for my parents and the stuff that I want to get for that. All these things that normally would take time that are automated through my chief of staff. So they sent they show you the presents you're going to yes, get. Yeah. So they would just show me a document with all these options. Okay, let's go with this, this, and this. You know what I mean? To clear that out so I can get that done rather than like worrying about my family and all and all these things that I would need to buy for my sister and my nephew right. and all these different things. You delegate to elevate. That's it. And 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 so um, then every single morning I send my wife an email with yeah. a love quote of everything that's happening that to that day. And now that was created in the system because I, um, she would get lost in where I was. Right. So by doing that, that gives her insight to everything that I'm doing that day and where it is and, and how it kind of feels and knows where I'm going to be. So she's never lost on what I'm doing. Cause she would just hear me talk about stuff and have never heard of it. Right. right? And so you, oh, you said you're like a schedule also with the, with the love quote, like kind of yeah. a schedule of what you're doing. Yeah. That it's day. a schedule of the entire day yeah, and, a good idea. and with the love quote. Uh, that I personalize that that takes takes a little bit more effort, and then I brain train. What's brain uh, train? I, know I use Lumosity, just the app. And for me, it's like you know, it's about ten minutes where you just do these games, and I only use it for the sharpness. So if I if I track my my sleep score and readiness score with the Aura Ring, yeah, like the readiness score means a lot to me. Of like, okay, just assessing these numbers, right? And then when I brain train. I can tell how good my brain is working every morning by how efficiently I I do the games. So I'm only using it to be to, to kind of triangulate against diet and and sleep or stress, right? Because the, like what will affect my ability to operate the next day is almost primarily some sort of incoming stressful like disruptor, even if it's small. It, it will, it, it really affects me because I'm so optimized and the system's so sensitive, you know? Uh, so I just do it sort of as, as a measure. And then I meditate in a soma dome, uh, which is a, you know, a meditation pod with a guided meditation, but I literally only listen to a guided meditation about manifestation. And then I just like sit in my forever estates that I'm building. And today I was like, like signing books of like when my book come out of to each individual, like I just picture these, these feelings and experiences that I want to feel in the future is what I do every morning. It's just trying to project myself, Dr. Joe Dispenza style into the future. Uh, to, to, to you don't l- listen to him though, right? The Joe Dispenza. That's not 
it's like that no, type yeah, of style. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, of just like trying well, to so plant it. You're going so quickly. There's so many things. That's like you're. Yeah, well, I'll riffing. just rip through the morning. Then you can get there. Okay. Then I'm. This is just the morning. It's you know like what I mean? five o'clock in then the morning. Then at six forty-five, I wake the kids up usually okay. with song and dance. You know what I mean? Some sort of like over the top. And of course, today we had to go find. Uh, Chippy and Snowflake, the elves. Uh, How old are your kids, by the way? Uh, five and six. Okay. And so then um, while they eat breakfast, I did a call with my COO because I had an extraordinary breakthrough uh, this morning that I wanted to share with him. Then I took my- Do you want to share it with us too? Uh, it, would, it would be a whole episode in itself. Okay. And then um, just to show you where there's planned and fluidity in it. Right where I I I still like normally I do my chief of staff call at nine thirty, but like because I had the day around, hey, let's move it to five thirty. I'm gonna get up before work and then go where I keep even though I've designed it in this rhythm, I still keep this this deep fluidity in it, and then take my son to school, uh, come back, trainers at the house, train for an hour, then take my daughter to school and then thursdays today is breakfast date with the wife so then i took my wife to the deli and we had breakfast together and then at what time is breakfast uh and then breakfast today was um 9 30 right so that was so because for me it doesn't work to just do a date night it's we do movie night we do sushi night we do talk night we do pasta night we do breakfast date like and then later today we do the family sink where her assistant my chief of staff and my assistants we all get together and we have this living document where we go through every single thing that's going on in our entire lives uh, to, to either problem solve or handle to get on the same page at this time I give her we go through my schedule and share everything i'm doing for three weeks so that like she has any visibility on like anything missing in there that she doesn't know about like and again it was because something would pop up and she would forget like wouldn't it would pop up the day of in a schedule like oh i'm having people over to watch the ufc tonight she'd be like what i had no idea like even though i gave it in the schedule and so instead of like like being like, oh, like cut me, like I give you, I do work so hard to give you all the detail. Like I told you about it three weeks ago. Instead of that, okay, let's add a new system in place. And so the system is in our weekly syncs with our family sync to keep everything organized. Let's add, let's add going through the entire calendar and all the things that you might need to know about. And again, just continuing reducing friction inside like every time there is friction inside the system solution or system added to it you know what i mean so that it that continues to be optimized and better and better over time no this is but that's incredible. all up to like you know that's just thursday you that's just I mean? th exactly well that's what this is like to me okay wait so it does it can sound very rigid right i know mm -hmm. you say there's a lot of flow in there and and his ability to kind of move around but it also, it, it makes it so like let you, things actually get done properly and Sick. things are not like falling through the cracks, which is most people's lives, right? Sick. That's why I'm sitting here listening so intently because no matter who you are, you can glean so much just from that, that morning that you just said. I have, I have a lot of questions though. I'm so sorry. I know you're on a major, I, I don't know, how long did you allot for me today? Because yeah. I know you're on like a crazy. And so even for this, Right. Yeah. So even for this, I know that the odds are that you're not, we're most likely not going to talk for an hour block. I'm going to get there and go. So I, 
I put a few hours behind this. Thank God. Right? I put <laughs> I put I put a few hours behind this and flexibility okay. um behind this because I know how these these go with, with people that really understand this this the way that I'm operating and and these tend to, to roll long. So I add the the I call it workflow <laughs> and I put the cushion up into um, the next thing that I have to do is pick my kids up from school, right? And so e- even though, and to give you context, you know, I like to call it the, the, the time matrix, but if you do something for an hour a day, it's 4% of your life. Mm-hmm. When I shoot all that television, it's 4% of my life. It's the equivalency of an hour a day. And, and for me, you know, when I compare watching, you know, TV at night with my wife every single night. Do you? Uh, yeah. That it's, you know, I'm giving up 4% of my life there, but I'm like hanging out with my wife, watching these like fun things and, and decompressing. I spend, you know, an hour and a half a day uh, picking my kids up and taking them from school. So I'm not looking everything, although it's rigid, it's mastery. It's effortless for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, I didn't like. Um, think like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta meditate today. Like, oh, I gotta, like, I am living in this deeply high energetic state and everything is so intentional. Then everything around me is automated and all the people are automated. All the systems are automated. So it's taking no effort from me, no energy. And then if I'm worn out, like, you know, or my wife, like I, I move my schedule, like, like around my wife all the time. Like, like even like we couldn't go see violent night tonight because it would have been too late. The only showing. So I moved the whole day around and it showed yesterday at five. So I cleared off the end of my schedule at the end of the day so that I uh, could go take her to the movies and then rescheduled. Right. Because there's nothing I don't allow the rigidness to ever dictate um, what my energy needs or what's best for me, right? But for the most part, I've designed it in a way that this is the best thing for me. Yeah, Getting up really early, doing all these things make me feel amazing. Like get free working in the morning before anybody gets up is when I can get my deepest work done. So it's like I pop awake, can't wait to get the working on all the stuff that I'm doing. So it's like, it's, it's not... Um, it's not built to trap me because a lot of people will build schedules, will have responsibilities in companies, create ideas that now integrate into a system that locks them down. And then you can't ever take the time to design your time uh, because you don't have time. So you just keep going from thing to thing to thing that you have to do. And if you don't take the time to design the life that you want, you will never get to do the things you want to do because you'll always be doing what you have to do. You know, that is so beautifully said. I could not agree with you more. And there's intention behind it all. And also, okay, so wait, so you wake up at four, the Sonodome, I mean, that's like, how does someone, I'm not a meditator. It's really hard for me, actually. I did try that, that like, t- for me to shut my mind, I'm thinking about all the things I have to do. I've tried everything. So like I found running to be the closest thing to that, but you know, it can be hard on your joints eventually, but I did try that Sonodome, but what's another, I mean, that's where did you, where did you try it? I like tried at, it in, uh, Westlake village. No, I, I tried it at sports um, Academy. No, I think it was at the, uh, either at the Carillon in Miami had it, mm, this wellness mm. place I went, or it was in uh, Arizona at another wellness place in Sedona, I think it was. Yeah. And 
even then it was hard for me because I yeah. was like thinking and they give you all these different things that you can like listen to. Mm-hmm. And I'm still thinking, I maybe I have to train my brain first yeah. to get a, to get the ability to even go into that thing. Yeah. And look, it's not it's not meditation in the traditional sense, I think, for it's me. It's not, no. You know, because I could never meditate either. It's, and it was like the uh, the audacity of dedicating time to try to like slow down exactly. like seemed impossible. Yes. And what happened? Like I I listened to this podcast with my cousin and and it was it was with Joe Dispenza and like the power of meditation. I'm like, God, I got I need to meditate. And yeah. then um, the, the the internal medicine specialist that I had that that does all my blood work and all this stuff was coming to my house that same day that I was like, I need to meditate and um, was explaining to her about meditation. She's like, oh, you should try the Soma Dome. Yeah. Like I'm doing the clinical studies for the CEO. I'll introduce you. And then like I went and tried the Soma Dome and I'm like, okay, I can commit to this. Yeah. Because now it's like, it's taking me on a journey. I get, I have to go in and get in it and live it's in like it. like a pod. That's it. So yeah. it's like, I needed it to be, rather than sit on a cushion oh. and breathe deep and try to like center. And, and, and then yeah. I don't, I believe, I don't even use it in the sense of what I think traditional man, um, meditation is I'm using it to, to manifest. And for me, like even in the meditative state of running or, you know, other things like me being in the sauna and being in the shower, like I have a notepad in the shower, a notepad in the sauna. It's like all of these places. Uh, yeah, there's an Aquanote. Uh, you should get one. They're amazing. Aquanotes. I need a pen. Uh, is, I'm going to listen to this look, episode. <laughs> look, Aquanotes is like the sickest thing ever where it's like a waterproof pad and pencil. So like when you're in the shower and they come, like you can just like lay them all out and you still have it. But That's I'm, brilliant. But I have them everywhere. So I, I really believe, you know, and I refer to it as sort of being in the uh, future present state on an ongoing basis. Like I toggle between, you know, like creating the future in my mind and experiencing the present is the state that I really try to stay in, you know, because for me, I look at the, your mind share is the most important thing you have to live a balanced and harmonious life. And so learning how to control your mind share and where your mind drifts is essential to that. And so for me, I talk about a lot about the the structure of the mind, which is essentially on either end, you have dwell and anger or worry and wish, right? And if you're worry or worrying about it or wishing something was different, you're taking no action. If you're dwelling or being anger, you're taking no action. Then you you pop into the middle, which is either creating the future or rectifying the past. And in the middle is experience. So as long as you are taking action, this your entire experience of life that you're sitting here today is based off of every decision you've made in the past. And so anything that comes up, you need to to rectify in order to get back to feeling more present. And, and you want to get to a place where that doesn't happen very often. And then you really want to toggle between creating the future and experiencing the present. Living in this continual future present state is how you continue to use your mind to create the thoughts that turn into the actions and the decisions that lead to a better future experience is all going to happen in your mind within your time based off of the energy and your personal capacity. So you've got to really learn to master all of that to get to a place where you are just experiencing joy on a consistent basis. 
Because joy on a consistent basis is what happiness is. When you feel joy from everything that you do and interviews and going to work out and hanging out with your kids, like you're, you're hunting joy on an ongoing basis. If you do that consistently at scale, you feel happy. And that's really what it is. More from our guests, but first a few words from our sponsor. So I don't know about you, but I tend to sign up for all sorts of different trial subscriptions and apps and always, almost always forget to cancel them and then get charged hundreds of, if not thousands of dollars for months, if not years. And then the worst part is it is almost impossible to figure out a way to cancel these companies and subscriptions. Recently, I realized that I've been getting charged by Beachbody $200 a year for a rollover on a trial. I, I, I think I started the trial or did a week trial in 2017. So you can imagine how annoying and frustrating that was. And I have to tell you, this is why I love using Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can find subscriptions you didn't even know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription, which by the way has happened to me so many times. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash habits. Seriously, it can save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash habits. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash habits. Thanks for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by your friends at Trinagen. So I've been a huge fan of Trinagen for years, and that's why I am so excited to be partnered with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it, and think if you're gonna take any supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with of course an added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which supports energy production that starts in your cells. But the levels sadly decline up to 50% between the ages of 40 and 60. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide riboside, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient, proven, and safe way to get this is with Truniagen because it is the best NAD precursor. Truniagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, and staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I knew about this in my early 30s. It would have been a game changer. What's most amazing is that Truniagen is backed by over 200 published scientific studies and is researched by the world's top scientific institutions. So go check it out at truniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off all orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20 until December 31st, 2022. So definitely run, don't walk, just scoop some up today. Okay. So there's like, again, there's like a million things. So if you wake up early, you do this, that, that, the brain, the brain training, you said that's just an app. What's the app? What app is that called? The Lumosity. And you can just download that on yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then when do you work out? What kind of workout do you do? Do you work out every day? You said you have the, you have the trainer who comes to, yeah, to your house every yeah, day. Yeah. 
The trainer comes every day. Uh, he comes uh, five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah. And then do you not work out the other two days? And do you only do weights or do you do cardio? Ah, oh, man, I'm- I need details, Look, Rob. this is, this is, this is a, a two hour um, episode in itself. But yes. I'm, I- Do you wanna move in for a week? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or can if I move they, in with you for a week? Um, like right now, you know, look, I'm, the only way for a human body to function correctly is for the neurology and the neuromuscular structure and the skeletal structure to be perfectly aligned, which also means that all of your muscles have to uh, turn on and on, on and off the way uh, that they are supposed to. And what happens to older bodies over time is as you begin to create muscle uh, compensation based off of uh, different uh, dysfunctions that happen, and they're not always injury-led. Like a lot of people have pr genetic predisposition to dysfunction that just rears itself in really bad compensation patterns as you age. But what, what I have found is that the fascial lines that run through your body will reprogram your neurology and, and connect muscles together, which in turn, through a neurological standpoint to where your brain won't allow them to not fire together when they're supposed to fire opposite of each other, um, which in turns keeps them hypertonic, which is what ultimately creates the inflammation and the soreness in that muscle that you keep rolling out and keep stretching. And it doesn't matter what you do. You always pop that one hamstring. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I've been on an unusual journey of re-engineering every single aspect of how the entire body functions together. And then most recently did full MRIs of all of my muscles to get the MRI density of all the different, all the density of all the different muscles. So now I can specifically grow that muscle back to be fully balanced because my intent is to have a flawlessly operating testable structure and system um, to have no compensation in my whole body, but above all, not have any fascial lines that have like basically liquefied and hardened to trap muscles together um, that won't even allow them to grow into the balance. But really, I just want flawless, ooey gooey muscles like Tom Brady yeah. um, so that, that I have a flawlessly functioning system. And then the most fascinating part of that is if you look at my blood work from 2012 to 2022, you see, you know, all of these inflammation disappears, leaky gut disappears, blood, blood brain barrier disappears, all these sort of cholesterol, like all of these things that are these sort of uh, notable things that end up in people's blood work that they over supplement for and do all these things to try to correct. Uh, I have just seen my blood work slowly get like to baseline flawless over the years by simply re-engineering how every single thing of the human system operates the way it is meant to operate. Okay, wait a minute. See, look, I took you too far. Okay, no, no, no. This is like beyond, no, no. This is amazing because I, I understand everything you're saying, yeah. which is why I'm following you. Did you do yeah. a full body scan? Is that what you did? Like the no rad, the no radiation full body scan? Yeah, it's a it's a new thing that they're that I can't think of the, the name of it, but it's a it's a full body MRI. Yeah, but it, that's is, what it is but it is built to do, but it's just measuring muscle. Mus yeah. And so it measures every single muscle, then isolates it, then shows like if Where? it's overdeveloped. Uh, I, I can't think of the, the name of the company. It's in Westlake. It's at the Four Seasons in Westlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. And so, again, 
uh, like, but really what I had to first learn was like, cause basically the doctor, the doc, my trainer's a doctor. And so he's like, Who's I your said, trainer? What's his, his name? name's Dr. Eni Stanislavski from the sports Academy in Westlake. And okay. do you do everything at, the, uh, at Westlake? Is no, that, they come to my house. You know what I'm okay. saying? I would, of course I, you would yeah, never drive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, look, think how much time I would I, lose by going all oh the way out there. Oh my God. But, but God bless him because what he did is we, I was like, I just want flawless. I want flawless biomechanics. Because at the time, um, when, before we started this, I was in the absolute best shape of my life. I would wear a heart monitor and do circuit training. Yeah. And then I would uh, set my anaerobic threshold. And when I was above anaerobic threshold, um, you know, my, my heart monitor would beep. And so I, I had an effort score by doing these circuit uh, programs that took around 40 minutes. So when I, uh, the amount of time divided by um, the amount of time I was above anaerobic threshold would determine my effort. Because what I hated was like, you can go in and half-ass it in the gym so easy. Your trainer will talk you tight, right? Like, and you'll, you'll just, you'll go in every day, but you'll build a program around the things that are easiest for you to do and you check it off, right? 100%. Yeah, and so for me, it was like, what could I create to, to keep myself true? So I'm, you know, at 8% body fat, like like 68% water, like, like just in the best shape of my life. And I got pain in my glute mead and my... my Tib anterior is always achy. My right hamstring's always popping. Like, like I me. just, my upper trap is always tight. Like in my scalenes, it always feels like my neck's being pulled down. I couldn't understand. How, how could you be in the best shape of your life, stretch every day, be so active and, and be in the best shape and then feel bound, yeah. bound tight. And what did I try to do? I'd get two or three massages a week. Yes. I would roll out for hours and none of it would matter. And so I went on this journey of like, I want to figure this out. And so me and him tried every single therapy and then he would research, find doctors. We would go to doctors, try new therapies, like tried every single thing that there possibly was that is in cutting edge technology. And it wasn't till I found a, a therapy called neurokinetic therapy, which is really essentially... Um, you know, connecting your muscle and fascial function to your brain function. And the beauty of that is, is you can isolate every single muscle in the body and test it. And then you can uh, test that muscle if it's hypertonic, yeah. if it's firing backwards, wow. or uh, if it's firing normal. And so, and then you can get biofeedback. It'll tell you what's causing it to be hypertonic or what's causing it to fire backwards. And then your body, this is how fascinating this is what i learned from doing it is if you can imagine you put on like thousands and thousands of layers of compensation one at a time yeah and with neurokinetic therapy you can unwind them but you have to unwind them one at a time and i spent two and a half years going through and unwinding the entire compensation that i had built over 40 years it took two and a half years before it came down to where it's like 
structural alignment. And then when I began to get through the structural alignment, then it became internal organs, right? Because I had this, I like had my pec minor hypertonic into my glute med, like it was affecting my organs over here. So I had to have a visceral specialist go in and like, like separate all the organs to get them to be moving back. And then it hurt. It, yeah, it hurts, but you know, it's, you know, it's just like, you know, is rolling it? something out, you know, it just sort of is what it is, but I'm not doing any of this on a whim. This is where the testing led me, right? Like this is the body feedback of like, Hey, it's something underneath the rib. And then like, Oh man, it feels like it's something internal. Then doing research on it, then finding a, a specialist that can release organs and then releasing it. Then that compensation pattern going away and going to the next one. And, and the trippiest thing you're going to trip out on this is after I wound it all the way down, it was what I believed was a genetic predisposition for a uh, right upper trap muscle not to fire at birth. So I'm, and how, what led me to that is early on um, when I was going to a primal movement specialist, right? Cause I'm like, Oh, primal movement. Maybe I didn't like, you know, walk, uh, you know, right. You know, I didn't learn to crawl. Right. So I, I love you. look, I called my mom and I'm like, mom, how old was I when I crawled or when I first started walking? Oh, you were over a year because I let your sister walk. I let your sister walk at six months and she, she had to go, she had bad eye problems. So I said, there's no way I'm letting you walk to your at least a year. That's what the doctor told me. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, like it really worked. And, and so, and so she would refer to it as the Hackenberg short leg because everybody in the Hackenberg family uh, had a short leg, but we didn't have short legs. Uh, as I've come to find out, it's the Hackenberg curse. What actually it was is my, the upper predisposition for the upper trap, not the fire, which then forced the pec minor to go hypertonic, which then your Q, you lean into your QL, oh, yeah. which your glute med now has to go to the QL. Your, your core doesn't fire. Your lat, your QL and your glute med fire to be your abdominals on your right side, which then in form goes all the way down to destabilize, which, well, no, which then gripped the clunial nerve, which destabilized my ankle, which is why I had bone spurs at 17 years old that I had to have surgery to have removed because no 17 year old should ever have uh, bone spurs. So this is the unwind that I discover. She called it the Hackenberg curse. I'm like, no, it's a predisposition, a genetic predisposition for an upper trap muscle not firing. So I have a child. He's six weeks old. He is sitting in the crib, leaned in. And I'm like, okay, okay. This little fellow's upper trap's not fired. He's got the Hackenberg curse. And then I found, <laughs> and, and look, I found an infant kinesiologist to come in and test. And she's like, oh, his upper trap's not firing. And she figured that out. She figured it out without not me not guiding you didn't her say in anything. any way, shape, or form. And she then we did all these exercises. And from that point on, I have had a kinesiologist check the biomechanics of my children since birth every six weeks. And they are both just flawlessly structured. And for me, the only thing I'm trying to instill in my children is self-belief and flawless biomechanics.
You know what I mean? Because I spent all these years getting to this place. So I digress. Totally. <laughs> that, no, but this is fascinating. By the way, yeah. how much did that even cost to do all that? Like, this, can the average Joe get these things yeah, fixed look, and fit and, and I, I don't, do? I, I, so for me, like, you know. Because you're I'm, very rich. Yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, no, look. <laughs> Listen to me. The average Joe could not justify the amount of money that is. Yeah. But again, so so here here's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Right. The same way that like the way that I've created my life system, that the first thing I'm building is a software for other people to do it for themselves. Because I created this harmonious, extraordinary existence where I perpetually evolved, where I evolved into my ideal self and realized that evolving into my potential is really uh, where the happiness is and this limitless potential that I have, I'll continue to evolve into. And I did it in a systematic way and I created a system that's shareable. So the first thing I'm doing is creating the software so that everybody could create their own version and begin to, to do that for their lives. And then for me, the next big thing, call it, you know, seven, eight years from now, will be building this into a baseline therapy that has a much more rapid and cheap way of getting to the results that I've gotten to um, in a way to measure it in a more efficient and economic way um, in the future. Like, you know, you know, call it another decade from now where I just wouldn't have the, 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 the time or the space right now and I'm still going through it and learning it. But I, it would be another thing that I would like to eventually build because I, when someone talks to me about their, like any of their chronic uh, pain and totally. describe it to me, I know that like, man, there's so many layers, like so I much. know that you got layered up and we, we live in a, in a physical therapy world that's wig on a pig and, and even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though there's been a remarkable amount of like like growth in the space as it relates to cupping and rolfing and, and pliability and, yeah. and, and a lot of kinesiology. There's a lot of really smart, uh, but it doesn't people. work long term anyway. But, but it's, 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 it's the problem is, is the dysfunction so much deeper and the dysfunction is permanent. Like the fascial, the, what I discovered is like these, these, the fascia has essentially re-engineered itself and changed the neurology. You can't, if you stretch it, right. it thinks you're, you're, it thinks it's in danger and it pulls back harder. If you massage it, it goes harder. Now, if you pull it, it lets go. Right, because if you go against the grain on right. on, on what the fascia right. is, right. because it's locking down. So if you pull it up, and so what? What really? It's and it's it's really fundamentally why Tom Brady is playing at such a high level. And I joke about wanting to be ooey gooey like Tom Brady. Yeah, but but if if you ever see the work that they do, and does, his but sort isn't of Alex Guerrero, his guy though, yeah, does and, Alex and, do that on him? And but you gotta like, I don't necessarily know that they even are worried about this depth of what I've discovered because I. Had to, I had to go through and create a testable way to get there. Yeah. I know that the, that the the way that they do all his body work is basically making sure that none of that fascia sticks. Yeah. And he has zero compensation. So what happens? It doesn't matter how old he is. When he t 
turns and fires, his brain knows exactly what to do and his body does exactly what his brain says. But when we build these dysfunctional um, muscle patterns that are then re-engineered through the fascia and, and now two muscles are firing at once or picking multiple muscles to fire for the same action because the natural pathway has been disrupted, then you go to throw and your lat fires instead of your pec and then it when you let go of it it goes wide because your lats pulling it instead of your pec shooting it right like that your brain thinks the pec's going to do it but it can't do it do anymore it, yeah. so you do it the same way you've always done it but your body's created a new pattern and now your ball's sailing sideways and so it's like oh i gotta overcorrect for that now you're trying to retrain the way you throw it based off of your muscles changing the way that they're firing based off of a neurology that the more you do it, the more permanent it becomes become, before it becomes embedded and now you're chasing it. That's why athletes, their inconsistency begins, to, their consistency fades as they get older because now their body has begun to break down into all these permanent like muscle firing dysfunctions and their brain is trying to do it the same way, but they're chasing it, trying to re-engineer a new way to do it. And then finally, I just can't do it anymore, right? right? Is sort of the pattern that I've seen in myself that I've been correcting. So I digress. So I don't really work out. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm I don't really work out as much as I'm just like really trying so to. So no running and jogging. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I, like I have this, this, there's this, there's this, you know, really <laughs> interesting machine called the ARP wave machine that basically. I know that's like a four you know, minute work. Is that the four minute workout? Well, it's, it's or six I, minute. Work? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's basically like a frequency that disrupts your neurology. Oh, and so what, what I do is I'm. Just now, now that I have sort of the core, that MRI with all of the core uh, muscle densities, now I'm using that to focus. But wait, to hold on, a question. Does that mean you're back to being like, like your body now is properly aligned like you were when you were like a teenager or even more better than when you were a teenager? Yes. And that's my whole joke is like, you're you know, like aging in reverse. That's now. it. That's it. And, and, and what really bums me out is I don't, I, you know, cause now like, you know, the new cutting edge and longevity is, is, uh, your biological age oh. instead of your chronological age. Right. And I wish I would have got my biological age when I started doing my blood work in 2012, when I had, when I was allergic to everything and had leaky gut yeah. and blood, blood brain barrier and high cholesterol, all these things of like, that was the blood work I had when I was in the best shape of my life after doing those circuit, deep inflammation, tons of allergies. So it, it's like, so up to that point, up to that point, I am in the best shape of my entire life and my blood work would have said, I'm a mess. Totally. And then stopping working out completely and then just working on getting the entire system to work, all of my blood work is almost to baseline baseline and no doctor has ever seen somebody with baseline blood work but how this is why I'm, I'm i'm asking because also i got i went to this guy do you know chris o'malley have you heard of him mm -mm. oh he does tom brady's blood i mean he's like a major nutritionist or not he's from nasa nasa actually and now he does like the rams and anyway a lot of the professional athletes i got this crazy blood test panel from him like they test like 1500 things and like you know people think i'm so healthy i da, 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 da. I'm allergic. To, uh, the one thing I eat every day is eggs. I'm high, the most highly allergic to eggs. I could not believe based on my blood, how many, how many issues and problems I have. It does not make sense. And yet I work out every day. I do everything. 
exactly how sorry. I should. I'm sorry. No, it's like I'm unbelievable. Sorry. You you were me. No, eight it, years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't get it because like I'm supposed to be like the picture of health, supposedly, you yeah. know, I'm doing everything right. I'm not a drinker. Or I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And like he he came back. He's like, I don't know if this belongs. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Now, do you have chronic sort of aches and pains of like, like, I, I, I don't have, I mean, listen, I, I have like, I've got lots, lots of inflammation. I'm sure. I mean, I take yeah. omegas, I take, and I take NAD. I do every yeah. fucking thing you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how am I that allergic to eggs if I eat them every day? Did I make myself allergic to them? Yeah. yeah. What do I do? I, look, I'm. Dr. Man. Rob. <laughs> okay, look. So let me, let me tell you about like, you know, as I, as I began to, to see sort of uh, things shake out that I was allergic to would change year over year. Yeah. Right. And it was just internal. Right. And so certain things that have stuck there tight. Right. And, and I would feel them like I would wake up coughing and, and I'm like, why would I wake up coughing? And then I would go back through my diet and what, when am I coughing? God, I'm, I'm coughing on sushi nights. And then right. I go back through that blood work. And the one thing that stuck through that I was allergic to soy. all the way to was the soybean. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just began to. Or soy sauce. Yeah. All the that No, stuff. it wasn't even. No, it was just the bean. Just the flava the bean. bean. Yeah. So oh. edamame. Right. So yeah. it was like edamame. And then I. So I experiment. Stop taking out edamame. Stop coughing. It worked. Right. Yeah. It's like I began. So I really began to see over because I have 10 years of blood work. So it's like I see all the things that went away and the things that have stuck yeah. that are the more like um, things that, that are more efficient. But I'll tell you one that was super trippy is is out of nowhere, like in year like like nine, my mercury levels were at like 25 when a medium mercury was like two to four. And that so, was my problem too. My mercury is over, not even in the, it was beyond the high. I'm in like the dangerous zone. Okay. So dangerous is like six. I was at 25. Right. Probably and so, so, so here's, so now what are we doing? Now we're talking about like, man, this is crazy. And so, okay, well, I've got to correct this. So then we do an entire heavy like metal. heavy metal detox and go through the entire thing and then do the blood work again. It's still there. It goes from like 24 to 20. And then she is like, did you have cavities as a kid? Mm. And there's a lot of cavities mm. that are leaking and, and, and it could potentially be that. I went and got all my cavities replaced with, you know, natural cavity, whatever it is. Yeah fully clean zero mercury like dead back to normal so imagine that like i was being slowly poisoned based off of the 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 fillings i got in 86 in ohio that like i would have never even like i how could i have ever even and then her even initial thing was like you eat too much sushi well, I don't eat that much sushi. You know, I do eat a lot of fish in my diet, like, but it can't be that. But it's it's even discovering something like that is so nuanced. But but I digress as a whole here. When I started, I just wanted flawless biomechanics and wanted to be healthy. Yeah. So I 
started doing blood work. I started doing this and I have grown to learn every muscle in my entire body. I now understand my blood panel at a super high level. Like I like you basically expand into life and I like to refer to it as as something like health is like an evolution goal where the more you learn, the more it's possible for you to do to make yourself better and you implement new ideas and new systems and for me I know that I'm getting healthier and healthier and healthier, that I'm 48 years old and I am healthier than I was at 38. Well, you look like you're 11, by the way. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, literally. And, like, and, you know, that collagen on that skin. Is that what and, I was going to ask you about Jolie, this? And Jolie uh, Water Filter, another company that I launched last year. What's, that's, what's it called? Uh, Jolie sh- uh, Filtered Showerhead. Uh, basically, if you want really high quality skin, uh, you got to stop showering and, and the terrible water that comes out of your, your, uh, uh, shower head instead of putting on, you know, $5,000, uh, shampoos and skin conditioners. Yeah. You got to shower and clean water. Where'd you get that? Uh, you can buy it online. It's one of like, one of the, one of our great builds, like flawlessly executed and built by an A plus entrepreneur and just exploded overnight. Will be one of our biggest builds front through the company. But how much is that shower head? It's 145 and then the filters are 30 every quarter, right? Like, it's not that bad yeah. at all. And then from a business model, it's a hardware reinventing a space, right? And then the subscription, right? That's what makes it so beautiful. And then to go a deep layer, uh, a layer deeper, it's a world-class entrepreneur who has a ton of experience in direct-to-consumer business that built and sold a company that um, created the vision for this, looked at a very sleepy market at a with a small market cap of a billion dollar market cap, which really indicates to somebody doing research that it's either a a market that's uh, nobody cares about, uh, people just don't want to shower in filtered water, they just don't care, yeah, or nobody's actually created something and created that that people have found a reason and made the market, and that was the. But if it worked, the beauty of the model is is it's really hard to put the shower head in, but it's really hard to take it out. So if you can commit to it and then it gives you the results your the lifetime value of that customer is going to be so significant that'll push the value of the company into software numbers and then you know it launched exploded he made the market and the churn is at two percent which is beyond you know almost anything in subscription that exists because of that friction so it's a needed product a white space opportunity executed by a flawless entrepreneur against clear data in a beautiful business model that will be a zero to a couple hundred million dollar exit in a very short amount of time fully digressed on skin fully digressed on skin but now you've got me so interested in this thing because I was going to say like how do people pitch you like do they if someone has an idea look I don't want to go into business I don't want to go into business I don't want to go into business but it's like I want to I want to I want to I want to get back to health okay because I don't want to I don't want to take the listener all over the place I shouldn't have done that one I know but it's your fault I'm right (laughs) but okay I have to write that you know by the way you're going to have to come back on this podcast because there's like so much to talk to you about or let me follow you around for like a year and a half either one but but hey but I I I I I I want to get back on on just the overall health sort of idea of getting healthier healthier and skin longevity and habits that's it but but i'm and when i combine it all together okay i'm getting healthier happier wealthier more balanced more harmonious a higher quality of life on an ongoing basis because i designed it, it 
many in 2012 and 13 yeah. began to live it in 15 and 16 and grew into it. And, and I, I expanded and evolved into this over the last six years. I wasn't this way when I was 39. I wasn't this way when I was 35. I wasn't this way when I was, when I was 25. And you know what I mean? Right, like right, this right. is a rapid evolution that I became this, this much depth on all aspects of my life and business and way of living, all of this depth that I'm talking through, I developed and learned all of this at a rapid pace over the last like six years. Like I haven't been doing this my whole life. I discovered it, designed it and began to live it and grew, have grown into this person over six years, you know? Okay. So what else are you doing? Okay. Wait. Okay. That's okay. Let me just track myself because there's so much here. Okay. So let me get this straight. So in fitness, all you're do you're doing, uh, you're basically doing all these things for your skeletal, but now it's done. So now what do you do? Are you well, no, no, now I'm once I got through basically, basically where I could eventually now I can test every muscle in my body and it turns on and off the way it's supposed right, to fire. Okay. So then how yeah. do you, what, what so, you work so out? now it's muscles under stress. Okay. Right. So like I'm still going back to old compensation patterns okay. because and I can test it immediately. I can actually feel it. Like if my scalene muscle fires hypertonic, I'll be like, ah, oh, God, stop. Check my scalene. And you can, and you I, can can, I can feel every muscle in my body that goes hypertonic. I can feel it inside the body. Right. Which is another reason of like, you know, everybody always puts it on my doctor of like, you need to share this with people. And it's like, he can't replicate this. He's not he, like, I can tell him if my soleus just went hypertonic. People don't even know what a soleus, soleus is. is. You know what I mean? But never mind hypertonic. Yeah. Yeah. You, have you heard of NeuroFit though? How you can put those electrodes on you and then like it, it fires your muscles as you work out? Yeah. So, so I'm basically doing a mini version of that, okay. but instead of Instead of trying to time the the firing, I'm basically disrupting the neurology of the muscle and then working it out. And today to give you an, an idea of how I, like I used the vibrating plate mm -hmm. and then had, um, and then had like um, the neurology, the ARP wave on my core and I just did Arcoid, calf raves, calf raises, because I just wanted to begin to, by being on the vibe, the vibrating plate and having uh, the arp wave on my core, it basically allows me to do calf raises and not, and my body not go into compensation because I now need to build um, all of the different weak muscles. Yeah. And, and right now my only goal is going from the toes to the knees, to the hips, to the core. I'm trying to build every m muscle perfectly even where they all turn on and off with duress one at a time all the way up. And I'm just starting at the bottom and going up. And then I'll just probably do this for another six or eight months and then go get another MRI. Right. So it's like, and then when the, all those muscles are even, yeah. then I'll move on. Uh, and then, because that's, the, here's the crazy thing. I've been doing this for seven years, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like, I don't even, and like, uh, and 
I felt crazy after like year three, you know what I mean? I just stopped talking to people because this idea that you're still going through this process of rebuilding your system seven years later seems crazy to people, but you have to realize in the grand scheme of things, I only have about an hour and an hour and a half a day to dedicate to this. Right, 4% of the 4%. Yeah, and so it's like be, like making a significant impact on this dysfunction that your body's evolved into over 40 years. You can't do by dabbling uh, an hour a day, uh, even though I have definitive like quantifiable proof of my progression. And if I wanted to heal myself and get everything, I could accelerate it. If I dedicated like all day, every day for like six months, I could probably do it yeah. in a rapid amount of time. But I know that I'm making progression and getting healthier and healthier. And I, in my life plan and life strategy, I'm okay with dedicating a decade to rebuilding my body. Because I have this flawless body that not only, not only. If you do say so yourself. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, wait, look. I'm using that as a clip. Look, 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 let me just say, from, from, from functioning only. You know I'm what I'm you. Because it still looks like a dad body. Yeah, no and, way. You're like you know, tiny. He's, look, like, he's look, four ounces soaking look, wet. And, and the idea though is. Not only do you feel amazing, every you know everything works together. You now have a baseline for the rest of your life. Totally, you have for the rest of your life. So there'll never be all everything. Now I'm doing preventative medicine based off of knowing that I built the system completely flawless. I got into a car accident two days ago, and oh no, uh, are you okay? Yeah, and this is the beauty of my entire life system of like get hit get get into a car accident, first car accident in my life. Like, you know, shoot a photo of his car, shoot a video with him, his license and insurance, send it to, to the people that work for me, uh, you know, go home, someone comes and gets the car, I go get in the sauna and go do my day of all my work and everything, don't even skip a beat. Now, I got a little bit of whiplash, but I could tell when my doctor showed up the next day, like upper traps, hypertonic, scalenes, hypertonic, like... Like I, when I hit the neck, like in lower trap and rhomboids are all going right now. And then, um, cause it was the whiplash and then we worked those out for three days and whiplash is gone and car. And like, that's how much I know the body you know, versus like somebody being like, oh, they got whiplash. And then now they go to a chiropractor and being like, oh, my sh shoulder. Like I knew what it was, had him work on it. And we used all my, you know, I have like all these different tools and inc including ultrasound to heat, you know, to heat it up and, and, and get it back. Too. Yeah, like oh everything God. to kind of push it, right? And all these tools and know what to use and when in order to get it to, to work. But, but again, it's that baseline of health, but understanding and knowledge. Yes. You know your body and everything. So I used to want to live to 104 or 105. And at 104, I wanted to get shot into space and spend my last year in space. And I wanted to explore the heavens uh, with my own onboard telescope without the light pollution of Mother Earth. And 
Uh, then I would die in that spaceship. Now, then I had kids and got married and was like, well, I'm never doing that. I'm going to fire myself up in the sky <laughs> with my kids and wife here. So then I decided, no, I'm not going to do that. But after reading the book, Ikigai, right, the Japanese uh, guide to, to happiness and long life, I there's a whole thing about super centurions in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a super centurion. A super, what is that? Someone who lives beyond 110. So then my new goal oh, right. was, yeah, oh. so my new goal was 112. Then as I began to like lock in on this time matrix of understanding hours and the value of hours and the value of hours as it relates to percentage and how I track all those and put value to them and, and see how I live this beautifully balanced life. And then I'm like, well, I wonder how many hours 112 years is. Well, it was like, you know, 900,000, you know, 989. And I'm like, okay, no, what's a million hours? And a million hours is 114 years and 54 days. So I've decided now that my goal is to experience 1 million hours of life, right? So I now have, um, I'm, you know, when I build it out, I build out all the years, all the days, all of the hours and what it will be, which will be 2088. So like I, when I look at how I build out my plans and I can, even how I do my goals, I do them every quarter uh, and they're five and 10 and 15 year plans because the clearer I get, the further out I can see because I can share with my wife, hey, this is, I'm going to work to here. This is when I'll be worth 1.6 billion. And then I'm when the kids are between uh, 11 and 15, I'm going to take five years off and I'm only gonna work for about 10 or 15 percent of my time instead of the 25 to 30 percent of the time that I work now and that I really want to spend the time traveling and showing them the world and when when they're old enough but not old enough to where they want to completely do their own thing like where we can have this time together so even the intentionality of like what our lives look like together is how clear that I've gotten over the years by getting better and better at at understanding myself and and creating a more probable future on an ongoing basis. I took you too far. I no, took you too far. You didn't. We're going I, deep down into too many things. How much time we got? Oh my what God, time no, is I'm it? like amazed by it? you. I don't want to tell you because like, you're going to be gonna, like, my my optimized time is being wasted and yeah, sucked out of this. Yeah, look, we're... we're well, how long has it even been? I don't want to even tell you. Yeah, we got a little bit. How long has it been? I don't been? know. It's been, a, it's been like two Oh my, yeah. well, how, how do you expect this to be five minutes? It's literally impossible. Uh, I love that I would take you, I would love to take you down another deep rabbit hole and then be like, yeah. we got to go. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> I mean, there's so much here though. Okay, so then yeah. that's, what happens if you, I mean, God forbid, but if you get sick, like how can you, how do you opt, like how can you, if that happens, is there any kind of thing in, in place if, if you get cancer, God forbid, you know, yeah, like yeah. what happens? Like how, is there a way to kind of make sure you don't get that? Or is there a way to kind of make sure you don't get sick or to, to really find preventative? Like, are you in that full body scan every six months to make sure? Like, what are you doing to be healthy sick wise? Yeah. Like, I, I, so, you know, no, so, you don't, get, so you don't me, get like me, these diseases. Me. Listen, I don't, uh, I'm not, I don't really think about that. Hey, you want to think of me? Hey, you want to get sick? Think about it all yeah, the time. No, no, I, uh, but no, again, no, but, no, maybe you're right, but, but, but I'm saying you want to live but, for till 114. You know, yeah. But, but again, to that point, the same way that like, 
you know, at 48, like I'm ready to start the process of doing the full body scans for everything. Like they do at uh, Life Force and these different sort of uh, executive programs yeah. that they do. Then I'm going to start doing that on a yearly basis, right? And You've never done that kind of scan mm, before. Not yet. Not Why? Yet. I'm surprised. Well, you know, again, you, you got to think about it. I'm still like, I'm still living a happy balanced life where i'm taking my kids to school we're going doing adventures i take my i'm spending all my time with my wife and and working on my companies and having fun like i i'm i'm eyeing things that i know i need to do and then continually adding them as i knock off other things right so okay, when i okay. think about something like that it just requires another level of commitment another com commitment of time and right now the time that i allot outside of my family is is where I work and where I do, um, you know, stuff that would require me traveling to San Diego to do the scan, right? Because they don't have one here. They do right? have one here. That's what I'm going today. Actually, oh, so going, oh they do have one. Yeah, here? Then, I, maybe, then maybe maybe yeah. I'll get your your hookup. Yeah, I'm, and maybe go to I'll that one. But again, I'm on some wanting to do not just one but all of them yeah. because I want to begin to understand like what is how are they doing it so I can begin to assess it myself. I just don't trust. I don't trust I don't trust anybody's evaluation. I don't trust anybody's therapy. I'm looking for like understanding their insight, you know, and like look, I when I was trying to figure out uh, what was going on with my dysfunction as I was going through the initial process of um like I just want to fix my biomechanics and then was really beginning to learn the body and understanding like yeah. the Hackenberg curse I went to one of the world-renowned hip specialists and so like they did an evaluation and then did a an x-ray and then he put up an x-ray of my hips and he looked me in the eyes and he said listen to me I I do about 400 hip surgeries a year i have looked at fifteen thousand hips and you my friend got some good looking hips <laughs> and i was like oh you know and and then he suggested hey the hackingbird curse is exactly what your mom said you have a structural short leg and the only way that you could fix it is if you had bone extension and and lengthen it that is your only option so you're either going to have to wear a lift for the rest of your life or whatever you need to ultimately manage it but you have a structural um short leg and so for me i'm like guy you just laid me down on an x-ray machine. The, the muscles are all hypertonic, pulling the hip up and making it appear in an x-ray that you're shooting down on that it's shortened. It is not a right. structural it's short just, hip. It's just yeah, And then I'm like, you don't even, to, to even measure for a structural short leg, which is like, it's like literally like 0.001% of the earth has it. You measure the two bones. And you compare them. No. And so it was like, but I just thought to myself, wow. Like, and I just said, oh man, that sucks. I appreciate it. You know, yeah. I, you know, I didn't like, you know, try to debate this man's, you know, he's one of the most world renowned hip surgeons in the world. And I'm not going to like debate like, man, that was the most insane misdiagnose of all time. Now, if I would have went to him early on, what would I have thought? Yeah. I'm so depressed. Yeah. So I got to get a lift. 
I got to get a lift. I mean, should I contemplate the surgery? Do I want to feel this achiness forever? But that's the that's the 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 problem with not like the goal not being to learn your body completely and understanding everything and using like information to give you insights for you to make the decision on your own body is the stuff that you've got to learn over time if you want to be truly healthy rather than keep going from thing to thing to thing hoping there going to be able to help you be healthy totally agree with you what do you eat then what kind of what do you have like things staples every day that you eat and how do you automate your life so you have time to be doing all of these things like i love the haircut i I heard you say Mm -hmm. that you'd go to like a fantastic sam's and then you would basically like pay for everybody's haircut Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can get you can cut the line. But now you just have someone who comes to your house, which is much easier. Yeah. And again, it's a system of like, because here here it is in a deeper layer. Okay. You know, I have a pretty simple haircut, but I would like to never have to think about it. So by just having someone come to the house once a week, it's just a tune up on the thing. And it doesn't matter if, oh, I got to go to an event the other night or I got to go do something. I never have to think about it. So it never enters the fray. It takes me 15 minutes each week. And and now it reduces a bit of friction where in the past it'd be like, oh, I'm going out next week. I haven't had a chance. Like now I got to spend time to go. Yeah, it was efficient that I would drive to Supercuts in a Ferrari and spend 200 to pay for everybody's cut so I could go next. But all I was, I was still wasting all that time and energy and stress right of like trying to be reactive rather than proactively creating a system right and for me then i do the same thing with meals and i just have the same salt and pepper chicken delivered uh to my uh house on an on ongoing basis every single day and then i have all the From meals where? is it good I, yeah i just have like a a food delivery service that oh. does like an organic like you know free range chicken that does a good job uh, cooking it then every day i have a shake and supplements what kind of shake? um i just do like a little a friend of mine ha- uh, has a brand called creatures of habit oh my god um, of course i'm working with this. I'm, I'm dealing with him right now michael yeah, yeah. you're friends with him yeah he's the best everyone and loves this guy yeah yeah no he no it, it'd be this it'd be a similar uh It'd be a similar conversation where it's like people saying, you got to talk to Rob. Yeah. Uh, same and, with him. Like he's, he's oh, an extraordinary, extraordinary, but he's in the fitness world. So you, you would have wait, a, no, a no, much- no, no, we're, we're, I'm working with him where I have a, a fund that I'm doing with, uh, do you know, Joe DeSena from Spartan? Mm-mm. You don't know. Okay. And so anyway, creature, I'm very familiar. We have a lot of mutual friends and he is, he needs, uh, he's looking for some investment right now. Yeah. Do you know about this? Maybe with your multi-millions of dollars, you can help him out. Well, you know, he knows as he was early stage and I still wouldn't invest with him because like I only co-find the businesses and fund the development. And he had already mm. found investors, uh, had a valuation and created the product. And, you know, I just told him, he, you know, he was devastated. And I'm like, hey, man, it's just I have a very disciplined approach and I just would not invest at this stage. Really? So you, okay, yeah. so wait a second. So how do you do what you said? Because that was what I So was. for me, it's like I co-find every business. Okay. Or I'm there. So if someone the, comes to you and pitches you, you're not into it. No. And then it's like, and then it, it has to be at a certain valuation. That's usually sub, um, you know, 
you know, depending on, on exactly what it is, but in the million to 2 million range, yep. because this is how I build every business idea with somebody. Then, then we co-find it together. Then I put up the first few hundred thousand, uh, to develop the product, then put up, you know, uh, find strategics and put up the money to do the first, you know, million and a half to 2 million to launch it. And then if it works, then I'll put in the 5 million to grow it. Right. And then if it really works, I'll put in the 10 million for the growth round. Right. So basically I have complete control of the capital staging as I'm developing the business. So I won't, if it's not working, I will not invest in the later stages and we'll just maintain the equity. And if it's really not working, I will give it back to the founder. Because like if when when they don't work, I have I'm not going to sit here and grind it out with you. And I don't also need to worry about my my capital because now it was proven that that it didn't work and you're going to get diluted and struggle so much. I will just give it back to you and you can you can either put it out of business. Either way, I'm taking the loss and or you can continue to run it, which a lot of people do. But I'm like I'm in the business of either winning uh, or uh, you know, giving it back. I'm not in the business of hanging on to it and hoping it works one day. I want to, I'm building it with the intent of it working fast if it doesn't, and, or it's clear that it's, it may never work. I don't want to dedicate any more energy, but I also like, you know, it's painful because that person put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. We developed it together. I invested in it. We all believed in it and it doesn't work. That's life changing and disruptive for an individual who has to basically start over or fight to survive. Right. Versus me where I get to go back to my, you know, my balanced, happy life. My muscles are feeling so good right now. I know <laughs> you're stressing. You know what I mean? My so, biomechanics are oh, on man, point. It's like, I know you're stressing, bro, but I'm floating right now. You know, so, so I, and one of the things is I just like to give it back to him, you know, and, and even if you go on and, and, and it becomes this giant success, I know you would pay me back or give him, give him my money. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a spiritual and energy thing for me that I, I continue to be super cautious about so that I never, um, I'm never in a place where I'm grinding it out with the sorrow of the person that I built something with because it didn't work. When it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. You know, so no, no, no. if someone came to you with a concept mm-hmm. to be a co-founder mm-hmm. of it, that you'll do potentially. But you potentially. Won't, but not really. Does it have but to I, be your but, idea? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, I'll, I, other people's ideas all day. But most of like co-finding them together is really what I love to do the most. But I even even then, I put a stop on all new builds. Um, this year as I turn to building the philosophy out and building the software yeah. because I want to then, you know, evolve my content into all machine mindset, design, automate, optimize uh, uh, sort of uh, content, the books and and the software is what I want to focus on right now because if I build that community to scale, then now I can create products and services for that community. So it ends up being a fully synergic uh, synergistic flywheel uh, of yeah. of community purpose and uh, ultimately um, you know venture right with a much more you know easier accelerated 
uh, growth opportunity for the right ideas, right? So it, it's a more sophisticated looking out into the future way of looking at it. So I don't. So that's why. I'm sorry. <laughs> Creature uh, of habit. Mr. Chernow, I'm sorry. <laughs> I it did not end up in, in investing, but I love him and, and love like the, the product. product yeah. So I use the product every day. You, so, you, so, so you actually like the product. I use the product every single day. And you still won't give him like 100 grand or 50,000. Oh, look, I listen to me. I don't give hundred. If I can't put in like millions, like I can't do it. Like if I, I don't think I can make like, you know, you know, 50 to a hundred million, it's really hard for me to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's not exciting to me. You know what I mean? And if I don't yeah. feel like I played a part in it, like it's not interesting. Yeah. It's like, I want to put my stamp on it. I want, I want to believe in you when it was just an idea. Like, I don't want it to be developed and the product be done. I want to I want to look into a person's soul, evaluate them, look at the idea, evaluate it, and then come up with a, a way of, of deciding that I believe in you and here's how um, we're going to help shape this and guide this and create this into a successful venture. If I can't go through that process, giving interested. somebody a hundred grand and it, that hundred grand becoming worth two or three million dollars does not appeal not to me in, in any way, shape, or form. So I I do that with Collagen. Another company <laughs> I co-founded was Momentus, right? Uh, which is another supplement company. And, Momentus. And, which one is that? Uh, you know, they're um, that's another big one right now. Like, you know, I co-founded it with the kid who actually his father was an investor in, in my professional skateboarding league, and he dropped out of Harvard to to build a supplement company and. Uh, I helped him I've develop it. it. Yeah. So no, it's big. It's, it's, it's like, it's like the preeminent, like, um, but what's the, like name? the very best quality. It's just the highest, Is highest it pharmaceutical quality. grade. Not, I mean, pharmaceutical is relative, but it's, it's on that level, right? Where it's just every single one is certified and, and, but and, what is it? What's it like an omega three? Oh what no, it's it? everything. It's everything. Oh, they have every, everything. Every single bit of supplement there okay. is. So then I use the the collagen and then all the supplements, okay. and then I actually use an Elysium Omega. Right, Elysium is the doctors that that created the Omega know, called Matter. Right, where it's really about it long term brain health. It's actually NAD. True, they actually. True Niagen is a company that creates it. Yeah, Elysium. They were in a big. They were in a. Yeah, yeah, situation. Right. Yeah. But they were getting the stuff from True Niagen. Yeah. And again, look, I'm, I'm, this is what yeah. I do on yeah. a daily basis. Right. And then, so I, I, I have that shake around 10, uh, except for on the days that I take my wife to a breakfast date. What do you have in breakfast? Right. And so for breakfast today, I had a scramble, uh, with chicken and ham and Swiss cheese and the salad. Right. Nice. Where do you go? Which which deli? Not like uh, I don't want to get like a whole. There's thing. a there's a deli right by my house that I go to all the time. Right. Okay. And so and then but then I'll have my shake later in the day and my supplements. But I track uh, even in my tracking today. I track like my readiness score, uh, my sleep time, my sleep score. Then I track: Did I get up at five? Did I brain train? Did I meditate? Did I get in the gym? Did I eat clean? Did I not drink? Did I take my supplements? Right. Yeah. So it's like I track even like like I don't even want to like, you know, because you a, a big leap forward in my blood work was when I'm committed to the supplements full time and I take athletic greens uh, in it in, in the same time. In the uh, shake. Wait, so what do you put in the shake? You put and just almond 
almond milk. Almond milk. What was it you said? That- and then blueberries or uh, uh, blackberries. It's frozen blackberries, so it's got that nice little fruity taste. Right. So you have blackberries, almond milk. What's the kind of shake that you said? The athletic greens you said? You athletic put in there? greens, then the the collagen, and then the creatures of habit now change to meal one. Yes, meal now change to meal one, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's what you do for supplements. No dinner? Do you eat dinner most and of the nights? I usually Sushi eat dinner around like between four and five. And then if I don't have a date night that night, then I won't. Uh, I'll eat it like two, like have the chicken at like two. But I try to just eat in that window as much as I can. Wow. Okay. And then what else do you automate? Like what other than the haircut? Do you have a driver? Because there's no way mm-hmm. you're wasting time driving a car. I do. Yes. And they're probably, they're probably like, where the hell is he? Oh, no, he for sure. He for sure <laughs> like, is what like, is going on? <laughs> he for sure is him? like. <laughs> He's probably like, what's going on? Okay, what else do you optimize? Give me some. We didn't even get into your relationship because to me, yeah. people have no, like this guy <laughs> should be, yeah, you should be teaching a course on relationships. Yeah. We haven't even talked about that yeah, yet. Yeah. Do you see why you have to come back? Yeah, look, um, um, the, the, uh, the idea of teaching a course on a relationship like makes me want to fall right asleep and die. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like but, the idea of teaching a course. Look, I'm not a teacher, right? Okay. Like, but it's you have the, such not like you know but, this but again, instinctually. But, then, but you want to know what it is? Like, I'm. This is my format, right? Like where I I want to be an example. I want to be like this is possible, right? And you can get to this level of happiness. You can have this type of relationship. You can learn everything about your life and money and master your reality. You can slow time down and control reality. I am a living example. I want to be the example, but I know I will never be a teacher, right? Because it's just not, I'm a creator where it's like, and I, I know even when I look at my, my life plan and everything that's structured, like from the short-term, long-term, I know that creating content, I'm doing three books, I'm building the software and doing about 200 pieces of content to go along with the 1,680 episodes that I'm shooting over the next five years. And that will probably be it for me as it relates to content. Because I know that I'm going to want to evolve into uh, doing one-off projects, right? Like I, these much more finite, like let's go deep on creating something magical and do one thing at a time as opposed to these really long-term legacy building uh, uh, pieces of work um, that I know that I that I won't want to do. And, and, and this, what will trip you out the most is like I'm transitioned in 2020 mentally from self-preservation preservation to generational preservation, right? So now I'm like, I think every move that I make is, I think about it through the lens of how am I going to impact hundreds of years of deer decks and people that come from our family, whether that's the design of my forever estates that I've been designing since 2015, that I will put into a trust and then pay rent to the trust that will build an endowment that will uh, eventually be the money that operates the the home where if they're be family meetings there for hundreds of years, right? And and have it dedicated to the family, but also be operational. These type of systems and ways of thinking way beyond uh, and, and all the way down to, you know, 
you know, having a book of every one of these quotes that I sent my wife every, uh, for 70 years before I die, that's part of, of what's possible in a relationship. Then we're going to get crushed into crystals and then we're going to be in the front of the home and glimmering in a light where we're going to be part of the chandelier at the front of forever estates. Is that true? I'm, I'm thinking about it. I thought about that last week. Are you, did your um, wife just go along with all this stuff? She does. She does. I'm way, way, way out there. Like, And, and she's just like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Whatever yeah, you want to no, do. And look, like, you know, the, the beauty of her is like she, she has just like slowly adopted by osmosis so many things. Yeah. Like she sees the power of systems. So she starts making, she starts building her own systems in her life. So, you know, I think um, it's, it's. Like I keep her so overly informed on everything. There's just not one thing that I'm doing that she does not have complete and total insight to. And then anytime there's any friction, you know, we build a um, system. We build a system, including like having a therapist come to the house every other week just to have neutral ground for things that like maybe we just just don't feel as comfortable talking about one-on-one -on -one and want to problem solve to have like somebody as, as a voice. And, and to me, you know, on top of asking her to say how she feels every uh, day, zero to 10. So I just have insight and kind of where she, her head's at in sort of how things are going. You know what I mean? Like it's just all of this data that's only about us being balanced and happy. You know, and, and and again, being in a state of joy on as as consistent as we can be, because that's where the happiness is found. You know. And you said you only spend thirty percent or thirty five percent of your time working. So no way less under thirty. Under thirty yeah, percent. Yeah. So where do you spend the other step? The other seventy percent is it? Well, you sleep, the right? Yeah, you the sleep, sleep, and then it's how much of that sleep then? Yeah, that's about twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, know? so now and we're at sixty. Then ten percent is about. Um, uh, 10% and, and these, these numbers might be off a little bit. Seven to 10% is on health, right? Mm -hmm. As it relates to meditating and brain training and gym and sauna and all these, these, uh, sort of different things. And then, uh, 14 is about the number with the wife and then 14 is about the number for the kids. Right. And that it ends up being like in the 30, you know, 30 to 35% with the kids and then the 25 to 30 is work, right? And on any given month. And then depending on, you know, in the summer when we travel a lot and more vacation and do different things those, that that I work less, you know what I mean? And I've been working a little bit more because by the grace of God, the wife started getting up at 4.30. So she needs to sleep longer than me. So she's exhausted at like eight, you know, and like she, if she's ready to go to bed at 8.30, I'm like, oh man, I'm getting up at 3.30 then, you know, oh but if she wants God. to go out and stay later, you know, if like, if I stayed out, I wouldn't ever sleep past five, but if I stay up past 10, uh, I get up at five or if I go, if I would go to bed at nine 30, I would get up at five. Like I still try to get that seven to seven and a half hour range. Cause that's optimal for me. Uh, but you know, if we, if she's super tired and we, you know, cause all we're going to do is hang out and watch TV or, you know, or, right. you know, or play a game or whatever it may what be, games? you know, like Yahtzee is really uh, something we love to play. Oh, and I like gin rummy, rummy cube. you know, and so, and, and again, it's, it's, 
it, it's this fluid sort of rhythm of balance where it's like in all these date nights, day dates, all this stuff, picking up the kids, having that time together, like like the family sinks and family organizations. Then on the weekends, we always do something with the kids and then the kids activities like and then we have, you know, we also then have like a full time nanny. Uh, and all the hours that the kids are awake. So it's two people that work a, you know, that are there from 6.30 to, to 7 every two single day. Two nannies or one nanny? One nanny per day, but covering oh, at okay. all times. So we then have absolute flexibility. Even we have them on call when our kids are in school full time. So if one kid isn't going to school or gets sick or something happens that there's no, it's always covered. We never have to think about it, right? So that, that sort of rhythm just ensures that that like uh, we never get high, like disrupted through the kids or the kids' activities. And then I've never missed a pediatrician appointment. And if one of my kids got sick, I would cancel the day and then go to go take them to the pediatrician. Right. All of that, like I do not like compromise the needs of my family for work in any way, shape, or form. Right? Like if it's you know it, there may be a gray area here and there, like right. where. My like my wife wants to keep my son home from school and I got to go shoot that day and moving a shoot day is much more complex. Yeah. Like I would be like, let's wait till I'm done and go do it or do it tomorrow morning, depending on it, like measure it for its severity. You know, if it, and if it was like this kid's really sick, then I would cancel it. But, you know, I'm fluid with it the same way I'm fluid with her emotion. And how she's feeling, you know, and and changing my schedule and if, and feeling like, no, I got to like, she's been gone for three days. And like, I, you know, in, in our rhythm and system, like I stay in this constant flow. She goes away for three days. She comes back to our rhythm and flow. But because we're in our rhythm and flow, she feels like I don't even care that she was gone. So right. we, we built into the system when she's gone and comes back, then I clear the day that she comes back and we go see a movie, go get dinner so that she feels like, you know, like I'm She's important. important and excited to, to, to be with her. So again, inside the rhythm and the flow and the system, there was that disruption of her feeling every time she traveled because we just jump right back into the rhythm that she's being uh, just feels a certain way. I don't tell her she shouldn't feel that way. Right. I changed the system and it's nothing for me to like know when she's traveling and then clear that Where's day. Where's she and going, by her. the way? I don't know. Like she does all types of like, you oh, know. Okay random different stuff you oh, know okay but we are trailing we need I know. I know. we we need we're on episode three now there's no we're running out of camera <laughs> you're running out of tape i know it's like yeah. it's been like got like two and a half hour i told you i wanted to warn you pre yeah. i should have warned you before yeah. but so, it kept so you fascinated hey we need to wrap it up <laughs> because i do gotta get okay, back okay fine we are gonna have a, i know i gotta go get i know me too i gotta go get my full body scan what time's your full body um, scan i gotta be there at three yes yeah, so two, yeah, i know i'm like i know yeah, i know yeah. but i didn't even get to i feel like i feel like i didn't even get to ask you all the questions but <laughs> Look, now i have that's your phone my fault. <laughs> that's, that's my fault because i'm a talker you, know you I mean? like to talk too though yeah. but like you're a good storyteller yeah. and you go into you really do go into the minutiae of stuff which yeah. i 
like really appreciate. And, and I keep the layers depending on who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if I, like you can and, read a room. Yeah, I read the room and like and some. You know, I was joking with my cousin where it's like like I would be on a pot like where I'll bring people down, <laughs> then pull them back up with the zingers because certain people like I can give you, I can bring you into the depth, but if if we start talking too much about it, then they're lo- they're like this is too heavy. This is too heavy. You know? <laughs> well, I think the part with the body scan, not the body scan, the like all the biomechanics. Yeah, I was riveted and all the health and fitness people will be riveted. Yeah, probably some people will probably fast forward that. I don't I think it's amazing information. Though. Yeah, but I, I think everything you've said to me is amazing. So you don't want to. Okay, so you got to go to your I mean, I, I don't even know how long it's been. Okay, so <laughs> I am. Can you come back? I can. No, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. You promise? Well, yeah, well, we would need to put some some time between it. You know, I, what I mean? well, hey, I'm this is saying, what we'll do. This is what we'll do. Instead of like I'm not just tomorrow. But. Look, instead of doing like a freestyle into no man's land, like we should you should just like send me like, hey, here's the five things I want to talk about. Then it can be like tight and like then we'll stay within the structure rather than allowing me to go off in a But no there's man's so land. much about you. Like I don't yeah. I, I mean <laughs> That's why you need to have like an entire series about yeah. like, you know, just Rob's life. I'm not yeah. even joking. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not even joking. Yeah. Do you know that this podcast was, was called Game Changers and it was actually, you'll appreciate this. It was a TV show that I sold to NBC mm-hmm. and it was based off of my idea of like creating a Cribs but for entrepreneurs to kind of the day in the life, like what, what do they eat every day? What do they mm. drink every day? What are their pro- like, what are their productivity what habits? What happened to it? So I sold it to them and it was like, it was, it got lost in the weeds. So you never shot the pilot? We couldn't even, sh- mm. we couldn't agree. I wanted to have someone who was like a true serial, like I wanted to do like a Mark Cuban. They wanted to do like Kim Kardashian. It yeah, was, I'm just yeah, giving an yeah, example. Yeah, like yeah. we were not agreeing and it was like, like me at the eight, it was just forever. And I'm like, forget this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it as a, as a podcast. And that's what I did, but I still believe that's a great idea because I'm fascinated with people like you and so many people are, that's why like people actually care more about what's in the weeds versus these like broad strokes. Because everyone hears about broad strokes. Everyone yeah. knows about the broad strokes. You know, like, yeah, I do infrared sauna and I love sleep and I love cold plunge. All right. Like you hear that everywhere, <laughs> right? What else do you do? Like, yeah. that's why when you went into that biomechanic, that yeah. whole thing to me, yeah. that's interesting because you don't hear that every day. But, it, but I, I want to say like that's the that's the rarity of it. But, it. but it's also for me why I'm trying to like write, create a philosophy that yeah. then that philosophy can be practiced through a software and then all of the content that I create is how to learn and ideate and ideas to how to practice that philosophy yeah. that then by itself in a box lives forever, right? Like yeah. I want to create my Think and Grow Rich, my Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich, yeah. these books that were written in 1910 and 1928 that that are still relevant in, in philosophy today. Like I want, that's what I'm seeking to create. And then beyond 
um, the, the, the work itself, then like the tools that you can actually apply it and then be known for your philosophy yeah. above all, which truly is a system to create a harmonious, high quality life that allows you to live that consistent joy, which truly is happiness. You know, I want to know one thing that you can go home or go pick up your kid. What does your mom think of you or your family, your brothers or sisters? You got a brother or I have a sister and my mother, um, you know, to give you uh, to give you like some context on my mother's um, concept of paying a doctor to come to the house, I just can't believe you still do it. It's like it is, and you, the fact that you like are not like even like getting like working out is such a waste of money. It's such a waste of money. <laughs> so for her, it's just it. You're wasting money to to be a part of it, and like even who she even created. She can't even fathom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's totally. not even, there's no part of her that can relate to it. You know, even when I had millions and millions of dollars, she would be like, I just hope you have enough saved to go to college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this is like when I had like, you know, you know, like this is in like Robin Big and MTV days where it's like, man, you've been a professional skateboarder for all these years. You have all these companies, like you, you know, you got multi-million dollar houses and driving Bentleys and and like I just hope you have enough to go. College, you know, and <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, like, man, right. college is, has sailed, you know, but I, you know, I, I'm, and then I look at, I look at my parents as, you know, they have, they are products of their environment mm -hmm. and they created their systems and those systems they became bound by. And then there is no way that they can ever get out of them. They're just simply hunting pockets of joy mm -hmm. because they'll never experience what it's like to be feel consistent joy on an ongoing basis because of the way that they built and created their lives. And that's what I think most people do. And especially as you get older and you don't see a pathway to, to create happiness because mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense to you because you don't have a framework to follow. Um, and you've got to begin to make progression towards it, to begin to build the belief and grow it over time um, that allows you to get there and stay motivated and disciplined to achieve it. But people just don't have the framework, uh, even if they are motivated, that lasts a limited amount of time. And that's why it's so important for me to, to push towards a clearly understandable philosophy and then the tools to, to be able to apply it to your life, to ultimately just help people break uh, the machine that is them, which is their dysfunctional system, and you know learn to redesign it and make it functional and harmonious and just be happy. Gosh, you just, you just <laughs> unbelievable. You do not disappoint. I swear, you are everything and above and more that what I saw, read, heard, amazing. I'm seriously blown away by you. Thank you. Where do people find? Okay, so I will wrap it up because <laughs> God knows it's, it's like it's like turning into the evening. No, but where do people find you who don't know your how fabulous uh, just, you everything are? is? Rob Deerdeck uh, and the Deerdeck machine. You know, that's it. That's it. That's it. Or just watch him on MTV at nauseum for 24 hours straight. Like you know, yeah, you can watch him on MTV. You'll be like, that's the guy I just listened to. You know, where it's like, oh, looks like he broke his ankle. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. 
Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.